Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place podcast. I am your host, Corey. Joined with me again is James. How's it going, James? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How's it going? Uh, we are both uh, going to be talking about the uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty cards today. Uh, we're both going to be going to the pre-release on Friday. Um, so we're just going to jump right in here. Uh, we're only going to talk about rares and mythics. Uh, because that's you know has the most value. I mean, commons and uncommons. Once in a while, there's some that are played, <clears throat> and we're going to talk about them uh, mostly from a commander perspective. Occasionally, we might throw in if we think it'll be good in standard or limited or something. Um, but so yeah, we're going to start with white, and we'll be going in Wooberg order, and we're going to start with the main set, and then uh, if we have time, we'll do the commander cards, or else we'll do a whole other episode on those. So, uh, James, you want to read the first one? Sounds good. Uh, first of all, uh, so we're starting with white rares and myth- mythics, uh, as Corey said. Uh, so first of all, we have Ao the Dawn Sky, uh, which is three white white for a five four legendary dragon spirit creature. Uh, it has flying and vigilance, and then it also has when Ao the Dawn Sky dies, choose one. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Put any number of non-land permanent cards with total mana value four or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And it also has put two plus one plus one counters on each permanent you control. That's a creature or vehicle. So, yeah, they made five new dragon spirits in this Kamigawa, just like last time they had five. Um, so none of the same ones returned, although I guess Jugen kind of is in the set. Um, but yeah, so they have one of each color. This one, I think I, if I'm playing this, I'm pro- if I'm playing a one counters deck, you'd choose the second ability when it dies, right? But if you're playing... Oh, for sure. Uh, otherwise, maybe the three CMC or less deck, you could pl- choose the top one and you might be able to get two things. If you're lucky, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. It's total main because it's total main value four, right? So like you could have four yeah, one total drops. Four, yeah. And honestly, uh, not uh, definitely not bad man value for this. Even just for a five for a five four flying vigilance is not bad. And then the these effects on top of it are pretty nice, really. Right, and then obviously unlimited. This is going to be a freaking bomb because you just oh yeah, yeah oh <laughs> dies all my stuff gets two on ones. <laughs> That's so good, limited. Holy god. <laughs> All right, and then uh, the next card we got is Brilliant Restoration, which is three white, 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 white. So seven mana, four of what has to be white for a sorcery that says return all artifact and enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. That seems extremely expensive for a kind of mediocre effect. I mean, it can be good if you play in an enchantment artifact deck. Obviously, you could, you know, your whole graveyard to play. But yeah, yeah, four whites is kind of insane. That's you gotta have a lot of white mana sources for this to work, and seven in general is a huge mana cost. Like, you better be playing an affinity deck if you're gonna be using that. Yeah, I think if you're playing a lot of mana rocks, you can probably make it work. But like, so it's you're only gonna run this in artifact enchantment deck, and only if you play white as one of the main colors. Yeah, you, you have to have white as like the primary color. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I don't even know if I put this. Yeah, but I don't even know if I'd put this in anything more than two colors. No, there's no way. Like getting four of one color is very hard for sure, especially when it's split. 
Uh, next up, we have Cloudsteel Kirin. Uh, it is two and a white for a 3-2 artifact creature equipment Kirin. Uh, it has flying. Equipped creature has flying, and you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. And then it has a new uh, keyword that is called reconfigure, uh, which is five mana. And then that is attached uh, to target creature with control, or sorry, attached to target creature you control or unattached from a creature, reconfigure only as a sorcery. While attached, this isn't a creature. Yeah, so basically how it reconfigure is, is you basically play it and it's a creature version, and then you can attach it to make an equipment instead. But then if the creature dies, instead of the equipment going to the graveyard, you just you, you have a creature. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, I kind of like that. It's kind of almost kind of how Batter Skull works in a way. Uh, like a different right. kind of, you know, uh, mechanic. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because, you know, it's, so it's make it, it, so the equipped creature has flying and you can't lose the game, opponents can't win. So it turns your equipped creature into a platinum angel. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and, and honestly, cost of, well, okay, cost of three and cost of five, I guess. So that's, that's kind of a lot. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, eight mana, but spread out yeah. over two turns. But yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I like this new like um, uh, tech they have going on. Yeah, I mean, three for a 3-2 flying is not that bad either. No, that's pretty decent. And then you can use it for other stuff too. Uh, so next, uh, the card we have is called Farewell. Uh, it's four white-white for a sorcery that says choose one or more. Exile all, all artifacts, creatures, enchantments, graveyards. So it's exile all, and then those options. So you could choose one of those options or all of them. Um, well, that that's just great because they're basically making it playable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very good card. Uh, this just if you want to choose all of them, this seems like it's going in every single Super Friends deck that's five colors or has white in it. Because you can't get rid of Planeswalkers with it, so you're just like exile everything but my Planeswalkers. Yeah, well, because like there's cards like uh, like the the one that I always come back to is like Decimate from what was that like Planar Chaos, um, where it's like you had to like choose a target enchantment and a target artifact and a target land and a target creature, and if like even one of those things weren't in play, you could not play that card. So. This right. makes it so you can always play this as long because you can, you know, you, you can choose one or more. Right, yeah, but I mean, six. it's it's a board wipe anyway. This doesn't target, so just all everything. Well, that's true. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point. Um, and six for this is not a bad cost, really. That's pretty run of the mill for like a uh, your typical wipe. I think I'm gonna and, and it if, exiles too. Yeah, if if I uh, get this, I'm playing this. I. Honestly, like this is probably comparable to Merciless Eviction in the black white decks. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that card. But I think this is better because you can do more than one thing. Whereas Merciless Eviction, yeah, because that was just and uh, oh yeah, was it just choose one and it was like artifacts or enchantments or creatures or something? I yeah, I think one of the options is artifacts and enchantments, and the other options creatures. Whereas this, you could hit both. Yeah, so you can hit like as much as you want or as little as you want, which is a nice tech. Uh, next up, we have Invoke Justice, uh, which is one white, 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 white. So that is five total with four whites as the mana cost. Uh, it is a sorcery. 
and then return target permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield, then distribute four plus one plus one counters among any number of creatures and or vehicles target player controls. So this I would only probably play in mono white. Because yeah, it's is nice, very much a mono white card. <laughs> it's nice to be able to bring back anything because like the other white bringbacks are mostly either only enchantments and artifacts or only creatures. Here you could bring back yeah. like you know a planeswalker or a land even if you needed to, and then you get four one ones. Exactly. Yeah, and the four one ones is great. That's great for like you know say uh, you, you know good old white weenie. It's basically always a thing. Um, yeah, works well with that. But yeah, definitely a mono white card because again, the the <laughs> four four of uh, white sources a lot to do in a multi deck or multicolor deck. All right, next we got Kyota soul of kamigawa it's three and a white for a three three flash flying legendary creature dragon spirit when it enters the battlefield another target permanent gains indestructible for as long as you control kyota and then it has pay wooberg so one of every color to give it plus five plus five until end of turn um so this is cool because you could flash it in and give something indestructible um so the first moon combo that comes to mind with me is you flash this in and you give another creature indestructible, and then you attach World Slayer to that, that creature, and then it's swing, and then everything's gone except for your creature that yeah. had World Slayer on it. That's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old World Slayer. Yes. Um, yeah, this can. This is kind of like a, a new spin on something like V Click or something like that, where it's just like, oh, yeah, flash this in and fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, and if you play it as your commander, you could play it at flash speed to give something indestructible, and you could play all five colors. Yeah, and, you know, if, if you're in an all color deck, it's very easy to do. Um, yeah, and, uh, and again, the decent statting, really. So, so yeah, make it an 8 8. Another thing would be if you have a way, like an enchantment that makes this also indestructible, you could just like infinite disc or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of ways to do that. So that's just adds to the to the pile of possibilities. Uh, next up, we have Light Paws Emperor's Voice. It is one white for a 2-2 legendary creature fox advisor. Oh, yes, the foxes are back. I remember that from the other set. Um Whenever an aura enters the battlefield under your control, if you cast it, you may search your library for an aura card with mana value less than or equal to that aura and with a different name than each aura you control. Put that card onto the battlefield attached to Lightpaw's Emperor's Voice, then shuffle. So, uh, obviously, enchantment-based decks is kind of what this is built for. Yeah, you could play Super Voltron-y as if this is your commander because you could play it, and then you play an aura, and then you immediately get another aura attached to it. That's less than, and then you play another aura, and you get another one. Yeah, so it's basically it's, every every aura you play is going to get you another one. This can just be like a huge combo if you have the right kind of cards for it. Voltron, you also would probably just play it in a aura deck because like it's going to search one out even though it does go on him. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Lion Sash, which is one and a white for a one-one artifact creature equipment cat. So, pay it has pay a white exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a permanent, put a plus one plus one counter on Lion Sash. Equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each plus one plus one counter on this, and then the reconfigure is two. So it's two for a one-one that you can keep buffing with one-one counters, or two for a 
or four for an equipment that can keep putting one ones on it. Right. So, uh, that's a pretty versatile card, really. The uh, nice thing is the ca- the nice thing is the counters do go on the equipment. So like. You could attach to a creature, they kill a creature, and you still have all those counters on your equipment. Exactly. They can't, unless they have like Hex Mage or something from like Zendikar or World, what was that, World Wake? Yeah, like, oh, you get rid of your counters. <laughs> like, yeah, right. it's harder to deal with for sure. Uh, and, and the fact that you can do that more than once a turn because you just have to pay a white to do it. Um, next up, we have March of Otherworldly Light. It is. Uh, X and a white for an instant. As an additional cost to cast the spell, you may exile any number of white cards from your hand. This spell costs two less to cast for each card exiled this way. Exile target artifact, creature, or enchantment with mana cost value X or less. So basically, for one mana and an exile, exiled card, you can get rid of something that costs two or less. Yeah, which honestly... That's not bad in a lot of situations. That's a very cheap cost. I mean, or you could just pay mana, obviously. Yeah, or just pay mana if you have so, it. So I like it. I like that you can exile cards. I don't know. How, like, I don't know if I would do more than one card ever, unless I really, really needed to remove a creature or or something that was yeah, really problematic. Your, your, because like, you're like two for oneing yourself, or yeah, three two for or one-ing three yourself. for running yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't exactly seem great. <laughs> Yeah, like you're not going to want to like turn one. They, I guess if they turn one, swing at you to win or something, you could be like, all right, well, I pitch my hand to get rid of your thing. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you can obviously have fear, try to get rid of a instant win combo, maybe. I like it. It's, I mean, it's not as good as like Swords of Plowshares or whatever, but it's, it's all, it's up there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cheap and it's versatile, which is kind of the two things that are, make it really good. And it's white, you know? So. All right, next we got the first of the new sagas, uh, the Restoration of Yanjo. It's two and a white for a saga. Uh, so when it comes in, you get a lore counter, um, and then you do one, then two, then three. Uh, so search your library. the first one is search your library for a planes, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. The second one is discard a card. When you do, return target permanent card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So you could just discard that planes you just got and then immediately put it into play tapped. And then... The third one is exile this, and it transforms into the creature. So all these new sagas flip into a creature instead of going to the graveyard when they're done. Uh, so this one flips into a 3-4 enchantment creature, Fox Monk, with Vigilance. And when it attacks or blocks, you get a 1-1 spirit token. That is a very interesting uh, play with sagas. I kind of like that. Yeah, I really like the, this new layout. And I think this is one of the better ones because... Um, it's basically, you know, it's land ramp for white, then you get a card back, two or less value, and then you get a three, four vigilant creature that makes one once. Yeah. Great. And again, great for white, you know, because white usually likes to be creature based with like, you know, smaller, you know, creatures that you buff or whatever. Um, and this fits the bill pretty, pretty great for that. Yep, and it's you know white white kind of white mana ramp. If you discard the planes to it on the second turn, it's basically like your ramp and grow thing. Yeah, you so. really are. <laughs> um, next up, we have the Wandering Emperor. Uh, it is two white white for a planeswalker. Um, it enters the battlefield with three uh, loyalty counters. It has flash. 
and a constant ability as long as the wandering emperor entered the battlefield this turn, you may activate her loyalty abilities anytime you could cast an instant. So it's basically an instant, uh, instant cast or like a instant speed planeswalker essentially. Uh, so her plus one, uh, their plus one is put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike until end of turn. It has a minus one of create a two two white samurai creature token with vigilance, and then has a minus two of exile target tapped creature. You gain two life. Yeah, so this is super good because like okay, they're swinging at me. Well, I'll flash in a planeswalker, exile your creature, gain two life. Exactly. Or like- or they attack you with like a 1-1. One, one. Okay, flash in my Planeswalker. Make a 2-2 two, two Samurai block. Yeah. Or yeah, or they have a 2-2, two, two, you have a 1-1. One, one. Oh, flash it in, put a 1-1 one, one counter on my creature, and it has first strike block. Yeah. It's just that this just is this can just abuse the crap out of the stack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after you play it, the one other than the turn you play it, it does no longer it can be instant speed. You could just do it on your turn, but it's still really good to have the effect one time at an instant speed like that. Uh, oh yeah, I see. It's, uh, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's not all the time. So it's the right. first one they do. Right, so it's when you flash it in, basically. You can also yeah. use its ability right away. Which is still very good. So it doesn't really have, like, an ult ability, technically, but honestly, it doesn't really need one. Like, it's it's just so versatile. Yeah, I mean, I mean, worst-case scenario, right? You probably flash just an exile creature. The next turn, you either put a 1-1 on something, or you make a 2-2. So worst-case, you got rid of something, and you got a 2-2 out of it. Exactly, like... And honestly, in a white deck, that's like all you really need to do. <laughs> all right. So, of all the white cards, which one do you think is the best? Um, let's see. Well, let's that farewell is really good. Ao is very good, I think. Uh and then the, I, I really like the Planeswalker too. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd say the Planeswalker is the best. Um, my favorite one is the Ao, just because I like dragons. Yeah, you're a dragon boy. <laughs> so. Yeah, white seems very good. Uh, got good removal. It's got you know some good synergy going on. There's a lot going on here. All right, so now let's uh, move on to blue. And uh, blue, the first card we got is Inventive Iteration. It's three and a blue for a saga. Uh, the first step is Return up to one target creature or planeswalker card to its owner's hand. And then the second one is return an artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. If you can't, you draw a card. And then the third one is you transform it into a 3-3 flying moonfolk creature that has the ability whenever you cast a spell, your opponents can't cast spells with the same mana value as that spell until your next turn. Uh, typical blue. <laughs> yeah, this seems really freaking good. It does, and it basically has counterbalance and a creature as the third step. That's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like bounce something, get something back, and if you if you don't even have anything in your graveyard, you draw a card. Yeah, like, that's but, so that good. That second step, it, it can't whiff. That's so good. Yeah, and then the third thing, you're just like, okay, well, you're gonna cast something that costs one. Let me see if I have something in my hand that costs one. That's an instant. Let me just play it. And then yeah. you can't cast it. 
That's that's ugh. definitely lots of possibilities with that saga. So that's very good. Yeah. Sure. So that's definitely like instant dot deck. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that. I could see that going in honestly, like decks outside of standard too, very easily. Uh, next up, we have Invoke the Winds. It is one blue, 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 blue. So that is five altogether with lots of blue in the mana cost. Uh, it is a sorcery with gain control of target artifact or creature. Untap it. Well, that better be a really good artifact or creature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 harder to cast than just playing. What's what's the enchantment? Confiscate. Yeah, it's just six with like one blue and five, if I remember right. Yeah, or you could do was the one that does a creature. It's like mind control or something, costs five as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just seems obnoxiously like they're they're basically making you like, oh, you will play this in blue and nothing else. <laughs> is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think that card's very good. No, it's very high. Uh and it, there's better cards that do the same kind of effect. And next up, we got Jin Gitaxis, a new Jin Gitaxis. Oh boy! Uh, the Progress Tyrant. It's five blue blue for a five five legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Uh, whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Trigger this ability once each turn. And then the bottom ability: whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, counter it. This ability triggers once each turn. So this seems very good in Legacy, especially Reanimator. Yeah. Can you imagine first turn I reanimate this out, and then the next turn I can spe- cast like Reanimator another spell and I copy it, or even copy exactly. a counter spell, and the first thing they play to try and kill it's going to get countered. Yeah, this would definitely be. I I could see it in, like maybe show and tell. Definitely Reanimator. Reanimator would love this card. Um, although outside of that, uh, it's pretty high cost for uh, Legacy, but if there's a way to cheat it out. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, in Commander, this is a big dude too. I don't know if I played as a Commander, but definitely in any deck that you could cheat this out, super. This good. is like this is like, would be great for any Commander deck that runs blue. Honestly, um, there's <laughs> it, it definitely um, has lots of value and also protects your stuff. So that's kind of what you want, in Commander, in a nutshell. So seems good. <laughs> this will definitely see play outside of standard for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Kyrie the Swirling Sky. It is four white. Oh, sorry, God. Four blue, blue for a 6 6 legendary dragon spirit creature that has flying and ward three. Um, and then uh, for people who don't know what ward is, that's basically uh, if you target it, you have to pay three, right? Yeah, it's like hexproof. It's like a worse version of hexproof. There's just the pay yeah, it's like a, pay, a paying version of hexproof. So yeah. Um. All right. So and it also has when Kyrie the Swirling Sky dies, choose one. Return any number of target non-land permanents with total mana value six or less to their owner's hands, or mill six cards. Then return up to two instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. That seems really good. It's six for a six. It really does. I think the bottom ability is better. You get two instant or sorceries back. Yeah, and blue usually likes that. I mean, because like I guess like why would you could want to bounce things, but six or less value. Like I mean, if they're playing like a huge token deck, you could bounce all their tokens. But yeah, oh, it is any number though. So I mean, it's basically like uh, you know 
it could be like a cyclonic rift almost if there are six or less uh, mana cost. So uh, right. definitely versatile. Uh, and yeah, not not bad at all. I like it. It's a drum of dragon spirit. Yeah, more, more dragons for Corey. <laughs> uh, so let's see. The next card we got up here is March of the Swirling Mi- Mist. It's X and a blue. Uh, it's an instant, and as initial cost to cast a spell, you may exile any number of blue cards from your hand to make it cost two less for each one. And X target creatures phase out. Oh God, phasing! <laughs> so, so, for those of you who don't know what phasing is, that basically means they go bye bye. Yeah, you you treat it as though <laughs> they don't exist for a round, basically. Yeah. Um. I think so. This is really good because for one blue and a card, you can get you can take two creatures phasing out at instant speed. Yeah, definitely not bad. I mean, or you could just uh, pay two mana and you could target one thing. Yeah. Uh yeah. This is a very interesting card. Uh, you know, kind of like a a worst fairy's protection in a way. Um, or in a way, it could also be like you know, uh, removal for a, a, a little bit of time. If you don't want to deal with something, I guess. Um, yeah, you can stop attackers and stuff. So it's kind yeah. of, it's interesting it to phase instant. out. So it's, to me, it's a little bit better than bouncing. Cause like it just, does, I mean, bouncing, they do have to replay it, but this yeah, way it's like, just, yeah. it tr- stalls time for you to have answers for it. So yeah, maybe it's about the same. Yourself. Maybe it's about the same as just bouncing it, I guess. Yeah. But you can also use it. Yeah. To protect your own stuff, which is nice. And the thing about phasing, too, is if you have things out of, like, counters and things on that, those don't go away. Right. They stay on there. Because they don't technically leave the field. They just don't exist on another plane. <laughs> phasing is weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. Next up, we have Mind Link Mech. Uh, it is two and a blue for a 4-3 artifact vehicle. Uh, it has flying. Whenever Mindlink Mech comes, uh, or sorry, whenever Mindlink Mech becomes crude, for the first time each turn until end of turn, Mindlink Mech, yeah, Mindlink Mech becomes a copy of target non-legendary creature that crewed its, uh, that crewed it this turn, except it's four three. It's a vehicle artifact in addition to its other types, and it has flying, and it has crew one. Yeah, so this is interesting because you can basically use any creature to crew it, and then if it's you know a legend, a non-legendary creature, you could it's a four-three version, but with flying. Yeah, so you do this like with like a one-one or something like that. It's like oh yeah, I got a four-three flyer now, like another one. Yeah, you probably want to do it with something that has like an attack trigger or something, so that you can get it twice, like get that on there and like still save that creature from dying. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Know. It's, it's I don't know if there's a way to abuse this or not. It's just an interesting card. I'm sure there's a way. <laughs> Someone will find out. <laughs> All right, next up we got Te- Tamashi Reality Architect, which is two and a blue for a 2-3 legendary creature Moonfolk Wizard. And it has whenever one or more non-creature permanents are returned to the hand, draw a card, this ability triggers once each turn. Then it has pay white and X, return a land card you control the owner's hand, Return target artifact or enchantment card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate as a sorcery. So anything goes to anybody's hand from play, whether you bounce your opponent's your opponent's thing or you bounce your own thing. 
or you use this ability to return your land, you're going to draw a card. Yeah. So I just just lots of drawing cards, basically. Is what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, and you could you could play artifact enchantments. So you could play this as a commander. You could play this in an artifact enchantment deck as a blue white one. Um, you could play this as bounce that deck where you're just bouncing everybody because then because you, you draw a card and eat once each turn, so your turn and your opponent's turns. Yeah, especially in commander, that's lots of turns. Um, you know, and then the bounce lands like you could just play a bounce land and you're gonna draw a card. You don't even have to use its ability. Yeah, seems like a very interesting card for sure, and very cheap too. It's not uh, not expensive. Yeah, it definitely seems like a fun card to play blue-white. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, next up, we have another Tezzeret. Uh, Tezzeret, Betrayer of Flesh, uh, which is two blue-blue for a legendary planeswalker named Tezzeret. Uh, it comes into the battlefield with four loyalty counters, and it, it has a static ability of the first achieved ability of an artifact you activate each turn costs two less to activate. So activated ability, not achieved ability. Oh, sorry, I can't read. (laughs) Let me read that again. Uh, The first activated ability of an artifact you activate each turn costs two less to activate. There we go. Um, So yeah, great for obviously artifacts. Tezzeret's usually kind of been the artifact boy. Um, Along with that, he also has uh, plus one, draw two cards then discard two cards unless you discard an artifact card. Minus two, target artifact becomes an artifact creature. If it isn't a vehicle, it has base power and toughness of 4-4. And then uh, ultimate of minus six, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact you control becomes tapped, draw a card. Yeah, that emblem is freaking nuts. Uh, in an artifact deck, that's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to be drawing so many cards. Let me activate my Soaring and draw a card. Yeah, let me just like activate all my mana rocks I have and like, you know, Voltaic keys and who knows what else and just draw like my whole deck. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, this also <laughs> is nice with like Basalt Monolith, makes it only cost one to untap it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's that that's that's. This card is so good for so many artifacts. And then the minus, like one of the new commander decks in this set is a vehicles deck. Um, and so the minus, you can make an artifact become a creature. So if it's an artifact, you're just auto crew it with that. And if it's or a vehicle, I mean, and if it's not a vehicle, then it becomes a four, four creature. Yeah. So it seems very versatile. Very good. It looks like to me. Tezzeret's always good for artifacts. Oh, Definitely. All right, the next card we got is the Reality Chip. It's one and a blue for a 0-4 legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. And then, as long as this is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. And the reconfigure costs two and a blue to attach it. So basically, you're going to want to attach this all the time so you can look up at your library and cast lands and spells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This card is so interesting. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, let me kill the thing. Well, okay, well, I still have a zero four, 4 and I can lose the top card. Yeah, so it's got, like, the Sphinx ability of looking at your deck, and then you can just play stuff. Yeah, so it, it, it's like a cheaper future site almost. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Is it's exactly like Future Sight if you just paid it all at once for like five mana. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost the same card that it, it really is. <laughs> this is yeah, that's 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 really interesting. And it's a jellyfish too. I don't think I remember too many jellyfish in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> There's a couple, but not a ton. Yeah, it's unusual for sure. Um next up we have Thousand Face Shadow, which is one blue for a one one uh creature human ninja um it ha- okay it has ninjutsu Ooh, that's back uh has ninjutsu of two blue blue um so for those of you who don't remember kamigawa from beforehand uh it uh ninjutsu is return uh an unblocked attacker you control to hand put this card onto the battlefield uh from your hand tapped and attacking so you basically swap this out with something else that you're um attacking with it's not blocked um it has flying and then it also has 1000 phase shadow enters the battlefield uh from your hand if it's attacking create a token that's a copy of another target attacking creature the token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking wow that is extremely dirty holy crap yeah so you swing with like three things and they're blocking the big things, probably, and the one one's going to be unblocked or whatever that's going through. You ninjutsu this in, you duplicate the big thing, and now that's also attacking. Yeah, like, that, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you can't react at that point. Uh, no, not if, if they already declared no blocks, then no, Those blocks are already declared. Yeah. I was so, like, oh, yeah, here, here comes my freaking 9-9. Deal with it, fucker. It's like, oh, my God. Yep, that's it, nin, and ninjutsu is already a dirty mechanic to begin with, and this just takes it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, this card is awesome. I like this card, and like you could just play it normally as one for one one flyer, and then just try and swing in it. Yeah, but I mean, you won't get its ability, but it's still one 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 flyer, and then you can ninjutsu something else if you have another yep. ninjutsu card. It's yeah, definitely going in the the black blue rose ninjutsu decks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, the, this this card will definitely see play. So uh, what, t- what what do you think is the best blue card? Uh, the Tezzeret's really awesome, man. Yeah, I would say the Jenga Taxis, the Tezzeret are the, probably the best two. Um, my favorite one, I really want the Jenga Taxis. I want to try playing that in Legacy. I think that'll be yeah, sweet. Yeah, you really like the old Jenga uh, Taxis. So yeah, this definitely uh, adds to that for sure. Um, blue, very powerful. Um, pretty typical, honestly. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the worst card is that Mind Link mech and the yeah. Invoke the Winds. Like, those two are, like, meh. Every other card is super good. Yeah, the rest of the this uh, uh, color is awesome. Definitely looking good. All right, so now we're uh, on to black. Uh, so we got the first one here is Biting Palm Ninja. It's two and a black for a 3-3 three, three with Ninjitsu for two and a black. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, uh, it gets a menace counter on it, so it enters with a menace counter. And when it deals combat damage to a player, you may remove the menace counter from it. When you do, that player reveals their hand, and you choose a non-land card from it and exile it. So you can either play this for three as a 3-3 three, three with menace um, that can swing in and then, you know, thought seize them, basically. Um, yep. Or you can ninjutsu it in and immediately thought seize them. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a thought seize in a creature. The one interesting um, thing for this card is the ninjutsu and the main cost are the exact same. Yeah, that, that's very unusual. Usually the ninjutsu is a lot more. 
Yeah, it's very, very, very cheap, very versatile. So uh, definitely easily done. I mean, if you have a, a sacrifice deck, though, this could be pretty good because you can swing in with something, play this, exile a card, and then because it no longer has mana, it's just a 3-3 second to like Ashnod's Altar and then bring it back with something. And that has yeah. the menace counter again. Do it again. <laughs> that sees them some more. Yep. Screw up their hand. That's always fun, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Blade of the Oni. Uh, it is one black for a 3-1 artifact equipment demon creature. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Uh, with Menace. And equipped creature has base power and toughness of 5-5. Five, five, has Menace and is a black demon in addition to its other colors and types. And then it also has reconfigure to black black. Yeah, so this seems very good to me. I mean, especially in, like, limited format, right? Like, two for a 3-1 Menace is very good. And then the ability to pay four and just turn things into 5-5 five, five Demons with Menace is pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, those are really good stats. And really, yeah, very ver- easy to pay mana costs. Yeah, two for a 3-1 Menace is in any kind of sealed or limited uh, format is very good. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, like I, I like it on its face value almost more than the reconfigure because I don't know. I'd have to play with it a few times because I mean, like, if you're playing an equipment deck or something, it's like, do I really need a five-five? Maybe. Maybe. If you have a token deck, it'd be good. <laughs> this is great for yeah, great for tokens for sure. All right, next, hided uh, hided Sugu, devouring chaos. So he's back. Uh, three and a black for a four-four legendary creature, ogre demon. Uh, he has pay a black, sacrifice a creature, scry two. So he's a sacrifice outlet on him. Um, and then, or pay two in a red, tap him, exile the top card of your library. You must play this, play that card this turn. When you exile a non-land card this way, uh, he deals damage equal to the exiled card's mana value to any target. That is, um, yeah, the sack alone is very nice to have in black. And then and if you're doing a Rakdos deck, basically, um, yeah, sack outlet and dealing damage. Yeah, what sack outlet, want? dealing damage, with the and you get the impulse card draw. Yep. So, like, it's like, oh, okay, sweet, I hit, you know, a lightning bolt. Well, I get to deal one damage, and then I have a lightning bolt I can cast. But if you hit something crazy, like, oh, I hit my Blight Steel Colossus, deal 12 damage to somebody. Yeah, that <laughs> seems really good. <laughs> so. Yeah, good card. Um, four, 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 four. You know, I think, I think it's going to see a lot of play in Commander, especially in the sacrifice decks that already exist for uh, Black Red. Um, it's interesting because... A lot of black red decks, the commander is the payoff and not the outlet, and then you put a lot of sack outlets in your deck. So this could be the other way around, where you put the sack outlet as your commander, and then you don't play as many in your deck, and you can play a lot of just sacrifice payoff cards in the deck. Yeah, it has lots of potential for sure. Um, Next up, we have Invoke Despair, which is one black, 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 black. So another one of these ones. So five mana costs altogether. Sorcery for target opponent sacrifices a creature. If they can't, they lose two life and you draw a card. Then repeat this process for an enchantment and a planeswalker. This is okay. I mean, so they're getting rid of a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker, or losing six life. Or losing and, you're, and you're drawing three cards. 
I feel like this is better than the other despair or uh, the other like invoke cards that we've seen the sorceries. Um, but still, it, oh, it costs so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the greatest. It is better than the other ones, I think, but it hasn't the yeah, greatest. This is the best one so far for sure. But yeah, the the A you basically have to play it in a mono black deck, and B the sheer cost of it just doesn't seem that great, especially for a rare card. Right, and it kind of sucks to inst- or it's not an instant. Like yeah, exactly. They're only sorceries. All right, next up we got Junji. The Midnight Sky. Three black black for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature dragon spirit. Flying and menace. And when he dies, choose one. Each opponent discards two luck cards and loses two life. Or put target non-dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control you lose two life. So I love this card, except for one thing. The words non-dragon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Although this would be perfect, it was a dragon. It'd be perfect for my Kakusho deck if it could be, if it could be dragons. Like, like oh, my sack my Kakusho, sack this, get him back. Exactly. Yeah, do it again. Yeah. Still very good though. Five for a five-five flying menace. That by itself is so good. Yeah, and that, oh that first that first ability too. Like if you like if you have, you know you're playing commander, that's you're getting six cards and six life with that first ability. Yeah, it's pretty that's, good. Yeah. That's really, really powerful. I mean, plus, you know, Commander, if you're not playing Dragon deck, you know, it dies and you're like, okay, I'll bring back my Grave Titan or something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure you can build a deck around it where you can bring back all sorts of big things that are dealt with. Sweet card. Like, honestly, I could even play my current Kakusho deck with this as the Commander because it, like, literally is, like, would do the same type of deck. Yeah, it really would. Uh, Next up, we have March of the Wretched Sorrow. Uh, It is X and a black for an instant. As an additional cost to cast this spell, you may exile any number of black cards from your hand. The spell costs two less uh, to cast for each card exiled this way. March of Wretched Sorrow deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker, and you gain X life. Honestly, for black, that's pretty good. Yeah, so other than the blue one, I think the blue one's the best one so far of these, but this is probably the second best. Yeah, that's definitely it's definitely not bad. Because you can kill a creature and gain some life. Exactly. And, you know, life's a resource and you're, you know. I mean, Planeswalkers is really good instant speed kill a damn Planeswalker. There's not many cards that do that. To, I mean, there's a couple, but not many. So that that's nice being able to target them like that. All right, then next we got uh, Mukotatai, Soul Ripper. I don't. I probably butchered that name, but whatever. Uh, it's uh, one and a black for a 4-3 vehicle artifact. Uh, when it attacks, you may sacrifice another artifact or a creature. If you do, put a plus one one counter on it, and it gains menace until end of turn, and it ta- has crew two. So you need power two to crew it. Uh, wow. That is a very uh, high power and toughness for the mana cost. You do have to tap a creature, though, to attack. You do have to tap one creature to attack, which that's, you know, it's a vehicle, but... It's still good, though, because when you attack, it's a a sack outlet that gets bigger in Menace. Yeah, that, that just seems like this can really snowball quickly. Yeah, I think this is a good card. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the, one of the better vehicles I've seen for sure. Uh, next up, we have Nashi Moon Sages Scion. Uh, it's one black black for a three two legendary rat ninja creature. Uh, it has ninjutsu three black. Uh, whenever Nashi Moon Sages Scion deals combat damage to a player. Exile the top card of each player's library. Until end of turn, you may play one of those cards. If you cast a spell this way, you uh, pay life equal to its mana value rather than paying its mana cost. Seems super good. It seems very good. Like, you're just like, okay, I'll uh, ninjutsu in this 3-2, hit you for 3. Everybody flip up the top card, and then I'm going to cast the best card by paying life instead of mana. Yeah, and again, as I said earlier, in black, your life is a resource. So, uh, yeah, let's just play your best spell. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> want this card. This card will be sweet. Very, very good. Uh, black loves stuff like this. So, yeah, that that's very fun. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Soul Transfer. It's one black black for a sorcery. It says choose one. If you control an artifact and an enchantment, you could choose both instead of just one. So it's exile target creature, planeswalker, return target creature, planeswalker from your graveyard to your hand. And then if you have an enchantment or and an artifact, you can get both. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean three mana exile creature is good. Yeah, just that. I mean that's basically like uh uh yeah or exile. That's even better. Yeah, that's better than like murder or something like that. Exile and destroys. Yeah, the only downside is it's not an instant. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, and then, I mean, most games you're probably gonna have artifact and enchantment out. Possibly, Depending I don't on what know. You're playing, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you would on turn three, but I mean, and then you can exile something and get something back. In that commander, is something you definitely would like. That's easy. That's a very easy uh, thing to hit. Right. Granted, in commander, there's better cards that do similar things. Um, but definitely good for you know standard and even like limited or something like that. Yeah, I think it's even playable in Commander if you don't if you already have a lot of instant speed removal. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes sorcery speed is needed. Like because sometimes you play your instance at sorcery anyway, just to, like remove a blocker or a promag thing ahead exactly. of time. Exactly. So you don't always have to play magic at instant speed. <laughs> uh, next up, we have. Uh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Tatsunari Toad Rider. Uh, it is two black for a 3-3 legendary human ninja creature. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, if you don't control a creature named Kaimai, create Kaimai, a legendary 3-3 black and green frog creature token with whenever you cast an enchantment spell, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then it also has one and either green or blue uh, so tap. You have to tap those. Um, Tatsunari Toad Rider and Target Frog you control can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with flying or reach. This is a very interesting card. Yeah, I think this is interesting as a commander because you could play um, what is that? Sultai Enchantments. Yeah. Um, or you could play Sultai Frogs and just make frogs unblockable. I don't know how many frogs there are in Magic though. I don't either. I, I th- there's a couple for sure, but they're older. They're older cards. I also like the artwork. It's literally just a dude riding a frog. <laughs> yeah, that frog is massive too. <laughs> it's awesome. 
um yeah and th- this would be a way to be able to do a, a saltai um a commander deck so, yeah that's interesting i like the new design space with it yeah that's like a really cool card um not sure like how good it would perform but a uh, very interesting concept all right, next we got the Black uh, Saga here. So it's Tribute to Hirobi. It's one and a black for a saga. It's first and second step. Our each opponent creates a 1-1 one, one black rat rogue creature token. So you're giving your opponents rats. And then uh, the third one, you f- you know transform it, and it goes under your control. It transforms into a 3-3 three, three enchantment creature spirit with flying and haste. When it enters the battlefield, you gain control of all the rat tokens. Of all rat tokens, so even if they somehow have rat tokens from playing a rat deck, you get those. And then whenever it attacks, I can sacrifice. You can sacrifice another creature to draw a card. This card is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh, for two turns, I'm going to give people rats, and then I'm going to get all the rats, and then swing with a three-three flying haste that can make me draw cards when I attack. It's like, hey, it's group hug. I'm giving you things. I'm just kidding. I get them back now. Sorry. <laughs> and then I can use them to was it draw cards? Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that's uh, that's pretty great. I only cast two, too. It's very cheap. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good card. Yeah, that card's that card's pretty fantastic for sure. So, uh, what did you think about black in general? Uh black seems very strong. There's some really good stuff in here. That blade is really good. I think the saga is really good. Uh and what else? Yeah, honestly, when I'm looking through these cards, the only card I don't want is the invoke despair. Yeah, I think the, the unvokes like the only one that's not good. Like um, all these other ones are. Oh, the 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 height the Haidatsugu or whatever the heck that is. That card's amazing, especially in Rakdos. Yeah, I think um, the most powerful is probably the 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 Haidetsugu or the Junji or the Nashi. Those are all really good, though. Oh yeah, the Nashi. I forgot about that one. That one's really good too. Yeah. Um, I definitely want the Nashi and the Junji for sure. I'm excited to play with the Junji in yeah, my deck. Yeah, and Junji's now, but reading this saga, I could almost put that in my Kakusho deck too and just like sack off my Kakusho, draw a card. Then I have a bunch yeah. of rats and a 3 3 fire. I mean, Adre, hey, draws your cards, man. And the Toad <laughs> looks awesome to build a deck around, like Sultai Enchantments. I've never really seen that wanna, deck. I really want to see a deck built around that because that seems like such a cool concept. I'm sure there's a way that it can be done. Oh, I'm sure there is too. If I pull it at the pre-release, I'm building the deck around it. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Black. Very good. Definitely. Uh, next, uh, we are moving on to red. Um, so let's see what red's got for in store for us here. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Atsushi, the Blazing Sky. Uh, it is two red red for a 4-4 legendary dragon spirit creature with flying and trample. When Atsushi, the Blazing Sky, dies, choose one. Exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards or create three treasure tokens. Yeah, so I think it's super good just already because it's four for a 4-4 flying trample. Um, and then you get treasure tokens if it dies. <laughs> yeah, if it dies, you can get three of the mana back, or if you don't have cards in your hand, you can get two like impulse draws. Yeah, it's a pretty good card. 
And it's a dragon. Yeah, pretty good. Um, next up, we got explosive singularity, which is eight red red, so ten oh, mana. And as additional cost to cast a spell, you may tap any number of untapped creatures you control. This spell costs one less for each creature tapped this way. So if you tap eight creatures, you can only cost two. And then it, uh, its effect is it deals ten damage to any target. So you can tend someone in the face. You can hit a planeswalker, a creature, whatever. Well, if you got the if you have the field for it, dealing ten damage for two mana is pretty damn good. But that's the only way this card is good. Yeah, but un- unless you're playing like goblins and have ten one like eight one ones, like when are you going to have ten creatures? Like otherwise, if you have ten I creatures, you're probably winning. Yeah, you're anyway. going to win anyway. Like it's just win more. Like <laughs> this is it's just overkill in a card. <laughs> Uh, totally unnecessary, but uh, but fun. I it's, guess it's a fun yeah. Card. I mean, and with the mana cost, it's basically the exact same as just playing two lava axes. It, it literally is. <laughs> uh, this, this is just, this is just one of kind of, one of those silly cards that they just it's just fun. Fun. To this, have this is going to be the mythic. Ev- this is going to be the mythic everyone opens that nobody wants. Exactly. Oh yeah, this is going to be the mythic that's going to cost like a dollar. Woo! <laughs> this is going to be the mythic that James opens. <laughs> oh yes. Um. Next up, we have the Red Saga, which is called Fable of the Mirror Breaker. It is two red. First step is create a 2-2 red goblin shaman creature token with whenever this creature attacks, create a treasure token. Second step is you may discard up to two cards. If you do, draw that many cards. And then uh, step three is you exile this and it transforms into Reflection of Kiki-Jiki. It is a 2-2 enchantment goblin shaman creature that has uh, tap one and tap it. Create a token that's a copy of another target non-legendary creature you control, except it has haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Well, yes. there he is, Corey. So basically, <laughs> this flips into Kiki-Jiki. Yeah, this, this is basically what it is. <laughs> um, so it's a slower version of Kiki-Jiki, obviously, but it only costs three mana. Yep. And then in two turns, you get a Kiki-Jiki. And honestly, the steps leading up to it are pretty damn good. Like So... I mean, is it good enough that you think that the Splinter Twin Kiki-Jiki deck is going to be back in modern with this card instead? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's definitely slower, though. <laughs> right. It's definitely a lot slower. I don't know if it's going to be fast enough to be quite that level. Unless, I mean, unless you ramp it out turn one, but like... That's about the I only way. He, like, like, you have pretty to, much have to do that. Yeah, you have to mana ramp this out like turn one. And then turn three, you'd have to have the combo piece. Yeah, in your hand. it'd be pretty difficult to pull off. I think very good and standard though. Like this seems like it could be pretty chaotic. Yeah, definitely uh, fun in commander as well. Oh yeah, definitely good in commander. As a commander, you have way more choices that you can uh, use Kiki Jiki for. So that's always a fun thing. <laughs> All right, next up we got Goro Goro, Disciple of Ryusei. So he's a disciple of the old dragon Ryusei. Um, he's one in a red for a 2-2 legendary creature, Goblin Samurai. And it has pay a red. Creatures you control gain haste until end of turn. And then it has pay three red red, create a 5-5 red dragon spirit creature token with flying. But you can only activate this if you control an attacking modified creature. And modified is a new keyword in this that means... 
a creature that is augmented in some way by equipment, auras, or plus one, plus one encounters. That's very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just the all creatures gain haste for red is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two for a 2-2 two, two that gives you stuff haste is good, and then if you attack with something that has an aura or equipment on it, you can, you know, make five fives. Yeah, and five fives are good, for sure. I mean, you are paying five to create a five five, so, I mean, it's a very, you know, average uh, mana cost to do it, but definitely uh, not terrible. Yeah, I think the, the haste part is the better part of the card. Yeah, that's definitely what most people are going to use as far as the haste outlet because Red always likes to be able to smash your face as fast as possible, so that's what this is going to be used for. Uh, next up, we have the Red Invoke. It is called Invoke Calamity, which is one red, 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 so five total for an instant. I think it's the first one that's actually an instant. Holy crap. Um, you may cast up to two instant and or sorcery spells with total mana value six or less from your graveyard and or hand without paying their mana costs. If those spells would be put into your graveyard, exile them instead. Exile Invoke Calamity. Okay, this is by far the best one we've seen so far. Yeah, it's cast two things for free. That total and mana instant six speed. Or less, so. Thank God. <laughs> Even the blue one was an instant speed. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the best one, uh, but you're still probably going to play it in mono red. You have, you definitely have to play mono red. There's no way you you can. Again, these are these outside of any mono deck are just not happening. All right, next up we got the lizard blades. It's one in a red for a one one artifact creature equipment lizard with double strike, and then the equipped creature has double strike and it reconfigures for two. Um, I mean, as an equipment, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, the two for a 1-1 one, one double strike is whatever, but if you can equip right. this, just giving a big thing double strike is awesome. Yeah, it's like, give me, like, give me my, my, my Blightsteel Colossus double strike. Why not? <laughs> that's unnecessary, <laughs> but, you know. So unnecessary. <laughs> but, uh, think, yeah, that's pretty good for, an, for like, an equipment card, basically. I think this is going to be busted and limited, because if you get it, you're just going to put it on every single one of your creatures. Oh, yeah, totally. You're just going to swing. They're going to either block and kill. You're going to kill their things, or they're going to block and kill your thing. And then you're like, all right, well, now I can make another thing bigger. Exactly. And, like, double strike is, like, basically one of the best keywords you can use in that format. So (laughs) definitely seems good for that. I mean, it seems good for definitely standard, too. Uh, This is a quick way to deal some real damage. Uh, next up, we have March of Reckless Joy. It is X and a red for an instant. As an additional cost to cast a spell, you may exile any number of red cards from your hand. This spell costs two less to cast for each card exiled this way. Exile the top X cards of your library. You may play up to two of those cards until end of your next turn. So more impulse draw. Yep. Um, you can get rid of some bad cards in your hand to have more options. In red, that's very good. Red loves to do kind of fever fever draws like that, so um, definitely. Uh, it's a solid card. Be, yeah, pretty solid. Definitely played. Let's see, next we got Org Headed Helm. It's one in a red for a two-two artifact creature equipment ogre. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two plus two. 
Uh, whenever Org, Head Helm, or the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. If you do, discard your hand and then draw three cards, and it reconfigures for three. Um, side note, if you know who Beetled and, was a Grim, Beetle and Grim are, uh, it's the guy from that place Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. He made a and d company that uh, makes like pre- platinum edition um, pre-configured D&D books. Well, they partnered with Wizards to do a Kamigawa backpack that comes with a bunch of stuff. And one of the things you can get in it is a life counter that looks like this card and it sits on the table. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like the artwork in this card. It looks like that ogre with the head thing, and you click the head thing to count up and down, and then the it like and it walks around like that. It's real big. It looks awesome. That's sick. <laughs> and honestly, uh pretty decent equipment, really. Yeah, it's a decent equipment. Uh, I mean it's you know, plus two, plus two, and then when you have no cards, you can, you know, discard your hand, draw three. Yeah, I mean, and Red Red loves to do stuff like that, especially if you're playing, you know, fast pace like Burn or something. Um, you want to get rid of dead cards as fast as possible, so it's a way to do it. Uh, next up, we have Scrap Welder. It is two red for a three-three Goblin Artificer creature, uh, and then it has Tap It, sacrifice an artifact with mana value X, return target artifact card with mana value less than X from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste until end of turn. Yeah, so this is really similar to Goblin Welder. Yeah, it's very, yeah, almost the same thing, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so great for any, like, red artifact deck. Any red artifact deck, you're going to use it. Uh, next up, we got Thundering Raju. Riju. Two red red for a 3-3 spirit with haste. Uh, whenever it attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Then it deals damage to each opponent where deals X damage to each opponent where X is the number of modified creatures you control other than him. Uh, so anything that has a one one counter on it or is or equipment. So if you're playing like a red token deck or something like that, this can be pretty powerful. Yeah, or just red one one counters. Or or yeah, any kind of counters basically. Because, like, I mean, even, like, so at minimum, it's four for three, three haste that attacks, put a moment counter on something else, and deals one damage. Yeah. So that's pretty good. This can can just snowball if you have the right kind of deck around it, for sure. Yeah. That's uh, it for red, then. Yeah, so what, uh, what's the best card, you think, in red? Um, best card, I mean, Kiki Jiki, always great. (laughs) Slower, but it's still Kiki Jiki. Yeah, I, uh, if I had to pick one, I think the double strike swords are cool. Yeah, that Lizard Blades card's really good. Um, Singularity is just funny, but it's it's not good at all. <laughs> right, and then the the you know other dragon spirit because I like dragons. Yeah, the Atushi, yeah, that that's very. I was looking at that one as well. Overall, so far, I think red is kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I'd say it's the more underwhelming color so far, but. Definitely not bad by any means. Uh, no, it's not bad, but it, it's just all stuff we've kind of seen before, stuff that's like, yeah. meh. It's, uh, it, it's definitely not as powerful as like black or blue was, for sure. Uh, all right, so next we have green. Um, so the first green card we have is called Invoke the Ancients. 
uh, which is the, uh, the green invoke, which is one green, 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 green. So five total for a sorcery. Create two, four, five spirit creature tokens. For each of them, put your choice of a vigilance counter, a reach counter, or a trample counter on it. Honestly, not terrible, but it's it's okay. I don't know. I think it's like this is probably the second best one. Yeah, I think the right one's probably still the best. Um, but f- two four fives is that's a lot of power. Yeah, two four fives. You can give one of them vigilance and one of them reach, or you could do you know trample vigilance, trample reach, whatever combo. Two four fives for you know five mana is not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's yeah. The stats are bigger than the mana cost, so yeah, this is definitely one of the better ones. Um, uh, very good for green. Yeah, and then next up we got uh, well, kind of Jugen back. Uh, it's kind called Jug- Jugen defends the temple. It's two and a green for a saga. Uh, it's the first step is you create a one-one monk creature token with tap at a green. That's good. And the second one is put a 1-1 counter on up to two target creatures. That's pretty good. And then it flips into the remnant of Jugan the Rising Star. Um, It's an enchantment creature dragon spirit that's a 2-2 flyer. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay X mana. When you do, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on that creature. And then as long as you control five or more modified creatures, the remnant of the Rising Star gets plus 5, plus 5, and trample. Uh, this is very good for most green decks. Honestly, I think this card is better than the original Jugan. I, I think it is. <laughs> this is powerful as hell. So the original Jugan was just distribute like six one one counters or something. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very. I mean, it was okay, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, this is way better. Yeah, this is just like you could put this in your commander deck even, and then it's just like this oh, would be so good. <laughs> yeah, when you flip all your excess mana, you're just buffing whatever you're playing. That's like your token comes in. Okay, I'm gonna buff all my mana into it to make it huge. Because there's definitely turns where like I have so many ways to create mana, and I don't have anything to put it into, and this is just something I could just drain my mana into and make everything huge. Right. <laughs> I really like this card. This card's cool. Yeah, this is a good card for sure. Uh, next up we have Kami of Trans, uh, Transience. Uh, it is two, uh, two, two, or sorry, it is one and a green for a two, two spirit creature with trample. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Kami of Transience. At the beginning of each end step, if an enchantment was put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn, you may return Kami of Transience from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, so 2-2 Trampler gets bigger when you play enchantments, and if it dies, then you play an enchantment, or if it dies and then an enchantment dies, you can bring it back. Yeah, uh, this is very versatile and can get big quick if you're playing the right kind of deck. Yeah, I like it's only cost two. Uh, this might be a bomb and limited, depending on how many enchantments are in the main set. Yeah, if you get like a you know, full enchantment deck, basically. It's a 2-2 two, two with trample, too, so you don't even have to, like, trample it. So, yep. yeah, this this yeah, this yeah can be good. All right, next, uh, Kodama of the West Tree. So, Commander Legends, you had Kodama of the East Tree, which was busted. Uh, now we have Kodama the West Tree, which is two and a green for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature spirit with reach. Uh, modified creatures you control have trample. 
Um, and then whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for basic land card, put it on the battlefield, tapped, and shuffle. So it land fetches, like Kodama's Reach. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. And a lot of green decks. <laughs> yeah. It's super good because like you have equipment and aura or counters on something, and then you swing, and then you're going to search for lands. Like you swing with, you know, say you have a team with one one counters on it, you get swing with three things, and they all do damage. You're going to get three lands, and they all have trample. That's the yep. best part. Yep. Oh my gosh, because like, and that's one of my issues in like my commander decks is I don't always have ways to give stuff trample. This is a really easy way to do it. <laughs> yeah, because they all have plus one plus one counters on them, or at least most of them will. So it's like this this card is very good. I like it a lot. Uh, next up, we have Cora the Boundless Sky. It is three green green for a four four legendary dragon spirit creature with flying and death touch. You. <laughs> uh, when Core the, the Boundless Sky dies, choose one. Search your library for up to three land cards. Oh, God. Three land cards. Yeah, you heard that right. Reveal mm-hmm. them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle. Or create an XX Green Spirit creature token where X is the number of lands you control. Wow, is this a good card? Yeah, I think this card is really good. I mean, Death Touch is whatever because it gets a four-four flyer. I don't know if you need Death Touch on a four-four, but whatever. But the effect that you can either get three of any land, so you can go fetch out your cradle, put them in your hand, you know, or whatever, all your best uh, lands, your your temple garden, your whatever you got. Or if you, you know, you already have a bunch of lands in play, you're just like, all right, I'm gonna make like a ten-ten spirit token. Yeah, eh, just make something huge. Yeah, this card is, uh, yeah, green likes that. I like it. It's good. It's better than the old Jugen was, so, like, the green dragon is finally good. (laughs) Yeah, that's very good. All right, next up we got March of Burgeoning Life. It's X and a green. It's an additional cost. You can exile a number of green cards through your hand that can cost two less for each card exiled. Choose target creature with mana value less than X. Search your library for a creature card with the same name as that creature. Put it on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. This might be the best one of these. Yeah, and it's an instant, by the way. Uh, uh, very, very good. Um, so it has to be same name, so can't play this in Commander, but in any other format, this this is great. Yeah. Well, you technically could play in Commander, and choose a creature on the opponent's board that you have in your deck. That oh, that's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That has to be a very specific case, though. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like if it's something everyone plays, like if you're both playing green, you might both have like Arbor Elves or something. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is probably more for outside of Commander. Um, but it, it, I think that's good because you basically this, just search for whatever card. It could be good for like limited or something too, for sure, or you know, standard. Yep. Let me just search for my best creature and put another one in. Yeah, I'm just getting my get get another one. Why not? <laughs> uh, next up, we have um, Shigeki Jukai Visionary. It, it costs one and a green for a one-three legendary and shaman creature. That's a snake druid. Oh god, more snakes. Um, 
Uh, it's uh, ca- uh, pay one green and tap it to return Shigeki Jukai Visionary to its owner's hand. Reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put a land card from uh, among them onto the battlefield tapped, but the rest into your graveyard. And then it has channel. Uh, so you pay XX green green. Discard then, Shig- huh? Yeah, so then you would discard it. So channels and, and, discard I'm sorry, it. And, and discard it. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the cost, my bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a big cost. Return X target non-legendary cards from your graveyard to your hand. This is a lot, a lot to unpack with this one. Yeah, I think it's really good. Just the fact that it's two for a one three that can, you know, you could tap it, put a land in, bounce it to your hand, and then later in the game, instead of you don't want, you don't need lands, uh, you could channel it, and you know, so if, what was that four mana? You get one thing back. Six yep, mana, you get one. Six mana, you get two things. So it just yep. keeps going up by two. So four, six, eight, eight, ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, it costs a lot, but you, you yeah, can choose I, anything. I, I feel like the four mana for one thing is the most common thing yeah. you probably do. The thing is that it's to your hand, so you still have to recast whatever you get. Right. Um, so that's why I think late game you do the four mana for one thing that you can still cast for like six. Yeah, you just get like your best thing that you might have died or something. But you can do that as an instant, so you could hold up your mana and then like, you know, end turn on your opponent's turn, just discard it with all your mana and get a bunch of stuff in your hand. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and just the fact that like... Um, it kind of has tops ability in a way where it's like, you know, it, if you diff summon targets that you can just return it to your hand. And then on top of that, you get lands. <laughs> right. It'd be interesting as a commander because like he is an enchantment creature and he gets lands, but like you'd want lands that have abilities probably then. Cause it's any land. It doesn't have to yeah. be basic. Yeah. Very, very, uh, yeah. Another, yeah. Land card. Right. So yeah, that, that, this is great for commander for sure. You could also kind of abuse it if you had uh, what's the thing where you could play lands from your graveyard? Crucible of Worlds. Crucible, yeah. So you can you know keep mill like self mill in mono green. I don't know how many cards support that, but you could do it. Try it. You could have that and mulch and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of lot of possibilities with this one. It's a very interesting card. All right. Next up, I got Spring Leaf Avenger. Three green green for a six five insect ninja with ninjutsu for three and a green. Whenever Springleaf Avenger deals combat damage to a player, return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. So this is just good. This is good all around. Like this is this is better than that than that last card where you have to discard it for four mana to get something back. This yeah. is you ninjutsu it, get something, and you have a chance to possibly get another thing. And you, in, in, the ninjutsu is only four. Like that's four, what I'm saying. Six five. What? The yeah, hell? that's what I'm saying. I'm like you ninjutsu in a six five. They take six. You get a card back. This that's, is so good. <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna hard cast this. You're gonna ninjutsu it every oh, time. Oh god, no! Why the hell would you hard cast that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a. This is a great card and should be played in like all decks. The uh, like in, in at least in standard. If not yeah. outside of standard, honestly, this is. I think it's pretty good, just in green. Like if you play E Witness, you probably want this. Oh yeah, like because it literally costs one more mana only, and it's a six five. Yeah, that hits them in the face for six. <laughs> yep, that's a good card. 
Um, so interesting here with green is we have more sagas. The other colors only had one. Um, so uh, the next green saga is Teachings of the Kirin. Uh, it is one green for an enchantment. It's a saga. Uh, first step is mill three cards. Create a one one color spirit creature token. Step two is put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. And step three is you exile it and it flips into Kirin touched Orochi, which is an enchantment creature snake monk. Uh, It's a 1-1. Whenever Kirin touched Orochi attacks, choose one. Exile target creature card from your graveyard. When you do, create a 1-1 colorless spirit creature token. Exile target not or exile target non-creature card from a graveyard. When you do, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So it makes tokens and gives you one one counters for two mana. That's pretty good. Yep, this is just great for a token deck. That's green. Yeah, the only downside is the one one. Yeah, it's only a one one, so it's very very targetable, but. I mean, it's a 2-2 two, two um, if you attack and put a 1-1 one, one counter on it right away. I mean, you can buff it, I guess, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, definitely uh, a nice little uh, token engine and counter engine. So, And very cheap, too. It only costs two. All right, next up, we got another saga in green. The Dragon Kami Reborn. Two and a green for a saga. The first two abilities, one and two, are you gain two life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one of them face down with a hatchling counter on it. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And then the third one is you transform it into a 0-1 dragon kami egg. That's an enchantment creature egg. Whenever dragon kami's egg or a dragon you control dies, you may cast a creature spell from among cards you own in exile with a hatchling counter on them without paying its mana cost. Wow. So it's super good if you can, like in Dragons or the egg deck, like the Dino egg deck. Um, yeah. Because no, you exile is... something under it, but you can only get two things max because you only get two things with Right, the yeah, because you have the two steps. But the downside is, like, if they just blow up this enchantment, whatever you exile is exiled forever. Right, so then you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. But if you can get it to hit till turn three... You know, this could be good. Can, yeah, it's high risk, high reward, honestly. But it only costs um, three mana, so it's like, yeah, does it really cheap. matter that much? Not really. I mean, I think either way, you're happy with what you get. Yep. Uh, I'm considering step. this for my dragon deck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's dragons again. And this, is, and this also works with that, uh, uh, what's that deck, the, the egg deck called? Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying, the dino egg deck. I can't remember what the commander's uh, name is. Ta- that's like ta- 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 Talam? Ta- oh, yeah, like Atlapalani. Atlapalani, yeah, I can't fucking remember. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so the, that deck has another engine possibly too, which is good because there's, you know, basically it's just that deck that it doesn't, I don't know how much other things that technically work with that but uh yeah very interesting card and yeah i mean yeah it's kind of high risk high reward but when you're only paying three mana i mean i think you're pretty happy with what you get either way uh next up we have weaver of harmony it is uh, it costs one and a green for a two two that is an enchantment snake druid creature 
Other enchantment creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and then it also ha- uh, has pay a green and tap it. Copy target activated or triggered ability you control from an enchantment source. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, abilities can't be targeted. So double your uh, enchantment triggers. Yep, seems pretty good. So, you know, if you have, like, the shrine deck, you know, and you're like, oh, let me copy my blue shrine. Draw more cards. Uh-huh. Uh, or, like, copy doubling season. <laughs> that's yeah. triggered, technically. <laughs> yeah, anything that triggers, yep. Oh, the, the, there's a lot of possibilities with this card that can make it very, very broken, I feel. All right, so that's green. What do you think of green? Green has a lot of good stuff. My gosh. Yeah, like, honestly, like basically all of these cards. Yeah, all of them. The only the worst ones is the invoke and the march on burgeoning life. Right, which I mean that's every other card I want to play commander. <laughs> I want like the Kodama, and I want like the freaking like the token one. The teachings is really good, and the Jugan is like. There's so many good yeah, cards. Yeah, the in Jugan there. and the the Cura is good. The Springleaf Avenger is good. The Shigeki is all right. The Weaver is good too. Weaver is like, really good. Really the, good. The, yeah. in, in the right kind of deck, that can just be busted. Hundred percent busted. Yeah, I think the Green best is- one. I think the best ones is the Jugan of the Temple, the the Cura, the Kodama, and then the the weaver probably yeah uh green is very powerful on this set yeah this lots of good powerful. green cards this is the most powerful i've seen green in a while so this this makes me happy <laughs> yeah but green doesn't need the help they always have good stuff i know right <laughs> all right next we're gonna move on to multicolored cards here uh, so the first one we got is a new planeswalker called kiatu shizuki it's one blue and a black for a legendary planeswalker that comes in with three loyalty counters. And at the beginning of your end step, if he entered the battlefield this turn, he phases out. So you treat him as though he don't exist. Ooh, so okay. basically they have to remove it on your turn because he's going to phase out till your next turn. <laughs> um, so he kind of protects himself. Um, because with three loyalty, the plus one is draw a card, discard a card, unless you attack this turn. Uh, the minus two is create a 1-1 one, one blue ninja creature token with this creature can't be blocked. And the ultimate is minus seven. You get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a blue or black creature card and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. That, okay, just the phasing out by itself is really nice. Yeah, just the fact that it protects himself. So it's just like, okay, let me play it. You're going to have to instant speed remove this on my own turn or yeah. else he's going to stay stay around. And, and there's a lot of decks that literally would not be able to, deal, to handle that because like they, they, if they don't have like some kind of instant speed removal, they're just screwed. <laughs> yeah, so realistically, I'm going to spend you know four rounds drawing a card, discarding card probably. Or just drawing a card if I attack. Yeah, and if you then, attack, you don't even have to discard. And then just kill it off for that ultimate to... I swing with my unblockable rogues or something and keep getting big dudes out of my deck. Yeah, that just... This <laughs> seems very good. <laughs> this is a good Planeswalker. <clears throat> and I would hate to have to play against it if I wasn't playing, like, blue or black. <clears throat> yep. Uh, next up, we have Kodos the Silent Spider. Uh, it costs three blue-black for a 4-4 legendary human ninja creature. 
Uh, and it has when Kodos the Silent Spider enters the battlefield, exile target card other than a basic land card from an opponent's graveyard. Search that player's graveyard, hand, and library for any number of cards with the same name as that card and exile them. Then that player shuffles. For as long as you control Kodos, you may play one of the exile cards. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. Yeah, so you exile something from the graveyard and you get to cast it, basically. Um, but if it's you know not Commander, you're hosing all of them out of their deck. So you hit Gristlebrand, they no longer have Gristlebrand. You hit uh, you know whatever, they no longer have any of them. Um, and then in Commander, if they play like a Relentless Rats deck or something, you get all of them out of the game and they just lose. Um, but the, the cool thing about this is like even in Commander, you can play it because you can exile something from the graveyard, uh, play it, and then like flicker this and just choose another thing and then cast that. And you just keep exactly. casting things yeah. from people's graveyards. Something on Brago. Well, yeah, if there's like a Brago. I right, know you can't do Brago because it's blue white. Um, well, Conjure's Closet and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely other ways to, to and the the blue some other ETB kind of deck, and you can just abuse the shit out of this in Commander. <laughs> Another option would be when you flicker it to have um, like to pay in the opponents for shuffling because it does force them to shuffle because you're looking yeah. to the deck for a card. You could do like you know the the Corsi's trickster that gets a one one counter whenever you sh- opponent shuffles, or the there's a artifact that's like whenever an opponent shuffles, they take two damage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you could just <laughs> do that too, but I think they're trying to come up with ways that aren't as broken to play. Um, what's the one? It's like send triplet type effects. Right. Or where you play trying, cards at the top. What's, what's that legacy sideboard card? It's the the. Um... The, oh, um, surgical extraction. Surgical extraction. Yeah, it's basically like a sur- surgical extraction. Then you can play the cards. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> like, disgusting. Uh, very, very good. At, like in uh, you know, not commander um, format, especially because you have you can hit more than you hit all of the cards. So yeah, that, that, it, it, this just seems so dirty. Yeah. Next up seems like one of the most powerful cards for a commander. Um, Saturu Umazawa. It's one blue black for a two four legendary creature human ninja. Has whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, you look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them in your hand, the rest of the bottom of your library in any order. This ability triggers only once each turn. So that's not the part that I think is busted. It's this part. Each creature card in your hand has ninjutsu for two blue black. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so let me just attack you with my one one blockable, and then I'll ninjutsu in for four mana, Blade Steel Colossus, you're dead. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is literally a win con in so many ways. Well, like, yeah, the, let me just let me just attack you with my my thirteen poison creature, and then you die. <laughs> yeah, like I, this is awesome because I like to play big stuff. So I would just fill my deck with big things, and then little unblockable dudes. And just yep. keep flipping them out, or things like when they enter, do shit, and just like keep flipping that out, like like Asian treachery. Put that in, gain control of something. Now I swing with it. Oh, it's unblocked. Okay, let me flip it out for something else. <laughs> then play it again. <laughs> yeah, this the, this this is so it can be so abused. Yeah, that I think he's an awesome card. Yeah, for sure, totally, really, really good. 
Uh, next up, we have a, a multicolor saga uh, that's called Hide- oh, God. Hidetsugu Consumes All. Uh, it is one black red for uh, Saga Enchantment. Step one is destroy each non-land permanent with mana value one or less. Step two is destroy, or uh, sorry, exile all graveyards. And then step three, it transforms into Vessel of the All-Consuming, which is a 3-3 Ogre Shaman enchantment creature with Trample. Whenever Vessel of the All-Consuming deals damage, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Whenever Vessel of the All-Consuming deals damage to a player, if it has dealt 10 or more damage to that player this turn, they lose the game. <laughs> this seems the really disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so if, if this is just for three mana, first you blow up everything that has one or less. So goodbye, everyone's Sol Ring and everything. Yeah, all, two, all the mana rocks. Two goodbye all graveyards, so no one's bringing anything back. Uh, then you get a 3 3 with Trample, and if it blocks, attacks, whatever, to deal damage, you put a 1 1 counter on it. And if you get it up to a 10 10 and hit someone with it, they just die. Yeah, they just lose. <laughs> this is this card is such a meme. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's like all right, you know what's coming. You got three rounds to get rid of it, and then it's and then it's and then it's like all right, can I buff it? If not, you got another seven turns to get rid of this thing. <laughs> exactly. It's literally just it's, it's literally like the doom clock of the game. Basically, it's like all right, here we go. Who's gonna lose first? Yeah, who's gonna get consumed? <laughs> Consumed by all. The art looks pretty cool too. It it looks really awesome. I love this card. is is just really cool in all ways. Just the the kind of flavor of it and everything. Kind of silly again, you know. Kind of one of those kind of cards, but can in the right circumstances can be very good. And limited, this is just going to win, right? I I think so. Limited (laughs) has a hard time dealing with stuff like this. Like unless they have a removal spell that takes out a four four, like yeah, that, but that's that they have to have it. All right, next up we got uh, Satsuki, the Living Lore. It's a white and a green for a one three legendary creature, human druid. Uh, with tap, put a lore counter on each saga you control. Activate only as a sorcery. So this is like the saga commander. Um, and then when he dies, you choose one. Return a saga or enchantment card or enchantment creature. Saga or enchantment creature. You control to its owner's hand or return a saga card from your graveyard to your hand. Ooh, fun. All right. The only the only downside to this is not five colors, so you can only play right. the green and white sagas. So which, I ha- you have to you have to play a Salaz in your deck. Which... which I think there's only twenty something green and white sagas in existence. So you'd probably much have to play yeah. all of them. Right. So it's definitely limiting, but it can be a good card though. Mm-hmm. Um, d- definitely, you know, if especially in something like you know outside of the commander format, also can be very good. And, like, oh yeah, definitely. Just just speeding up your sagas to you know immediately get uh, your stuff out. Like this high deck, it consumes all right. So like on turn two, you could have it. Exactly, you know? that's so. really awesome. <clears throat> uh, next up, we have Grease Fang Okiba Boss. Uh, 
It costs one white black for a 4-3 legendary rat pilot creature that has at the beginning of combat on your turn, return target vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of your next end step. Yeah, so this can be abused, but not like a ton. So like first turn, so it's vehicle black white deck, right? If you build it as commander. Mm-hmm. Um, first turn you entomb put like Palancron 3 in your graveyard or something, then say you get that back, um, you still have to crew it, so you crew it with Grease Fang for 4, and then you swing and you get two four four Angels, and then that thing that costs 8 mana is now back in your hand, which kind of sucks there. Right. So it's 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 a, a slow vehicle commander deck that resurrects big things. Yeah, I mean... If it has, like, things with ETB, too, that could maybe be good, but, yeah. yeah. You have to definitely create the right kind of scenario for this to work, like, well, I feel. Yeah, and, like, just of the vehicles that we've seen so far, I haven't seen any that are, like, super busted, too. No, not really. I mean, there's, there's, oh. there's some that are okay, but nothing really good. All right, next up we got Spirit Sisters Call. Three, a white and a black for an enchantment. Since the beginning of your end step, choose target permanent card in your graveyard. You may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with the chosen card. If you do, return the chosen card from your graveyard to the battlefield and it gains, if this permanent will leave the battlefield, exile instead. So you could swap stuff in play for stuff in your graveyard. Yeah, that's very interesting. So I'll get rid of my land, get my cradle back that you blew up. Exactly, um, yeah. Get rid of my 1-1, one, one, get back a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, interesting this, oh, man, this, this is really interesting. It's an interesting way to bring things back, for sure. Okay. Still trying to like fully comprehend. Yeah, so enchantment for an enchantment, <laughs> artifact for an artifact, planeswalker for a planeswalker. It's basically you just swap one of something for one of the same thing. That's it. Right. Play. This is kind of a cool card for sure. I, I love the artwork of this, by the way. This artwork is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like if if this this could be very well used in the right situation especially yeah I, like, I feel like oh it's definitely, i have like a mana rock let me get my better artifact yeah it's definitely like a dirtily deck <laughs> like you're yes. just gonna be like oh i play this get its etb okay i stop it by killing it okay now i swap this for that one get it again <laughs> like it could be good with like hornet queen and stuff too and like oh stuff for with sure ETBs. tokens and things yeah yeah because you can easily get stuff with that yeah, interesting card for sure. We'll have to see how that gets used. Uh, next up, we have Ijanjo Uprising. Uh, it is X red white for a sorcery that has create X two two white samurai creature tokens with vigilance. They gain menace and haste until end of turn. Each opponent creates X minus one. Sorry, each opponent creates X minus one, two, two white samurai creature tokens with vigilance. That is an yeah. interesting way to word that. I uh, So the first part, 
yes, this card's super good. Then you read the bottom part. No, this card sucks. Oh, damn. <laughs> I don't want my opponents getting tokens, too. The only way that this is good is like with the impact tremors combo or something, where whenever exactly. a weak creature comes in, it just deals damage to him. <sighs> yeah, so oh. it, it, the first part's good. The second part makes it kind of negligible. <laughs> yeah. This is a bad card, in my opinion. I'm not playing it. Like, you get one more token than your opponents. Yeah, it's like, ooh, like, there, there's so many better cards that give you tokens. That, and yeah, you know, they have Menace and Haste. Tokens. Like, yeah, they get Menace and Haste, so they can't, like, you know, trade them all off. They can only trade off half of them, but it's still, like, right. whatever. That's eh, kind of dumb. All right, next up we got Ryu Storm's Edge. Legendary creature, human samurai that costs two, a red, and a white for a 3 3 of first strike. And whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone, untap it. If it's the first combat phase of the turn, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. Ooh. It's one of these cards. Oh my. Yeah, so attacks alone. So it works with Exalted and then yep. works to give you extra combat phases of a samurai and warrior decks. Yeah, that, this can be really good. I think it's good. You could even just play Voltron with just him and he'd swing. Yeah. Okay, now I get another swing with him. Yep, you're all set. <laughs> yeah, additional combat phase, that's that's always good. You just deal a ton of damage. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Rysona Asari Commander. Uh, it is costs one red white for a three three legendary human samurai creature with haste, and it also has whenever Rysona Asari Commander deals combat damage to a player. If it doesn't have an indestructible counter on it, put in an indestructible counter on it. Whenever combat damage is dealt to you, remove an indestructible counter from Rysona. So this is going to be good in limited or standard, but in commander, it's in the name Asari Commander. It's the worst freaking commander. Yep. Because like, <laughs> who cares? Ooh, I get indestructible for a round. Yeah. Whoop de doo. See, yeah, it's it's a meh card. It's good in limited. Yeah. Right in the right format, it's good, but not mm. in everything. Uh, next up, we got Tamio, the Completed Sage. It's two, a green, a blue, and a Phyrexian hybrid, blue and green, which what can be paid, <laughs> which is called Completed. It can be paid with green, blue, or two life. If the life was paid, it enters with two fewer loyalty counters. Okay, so it's Legendary Planeswalker Tamio. Comes in with five. If you pay two green, blue, or green, blue, comes in with three if you pay two green, blue, and two life. And it's plus one is tap up to one target artifact or creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. It's Then it has minus X, exile target non-land permanent card with mana value X from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it. And then minus seven, create Tamio's Notebook a legendary colorless artifact token with spells you cast costs two less to cast and has tap draw card. So why would you ever pay life to play this? <laughs> if you only had four mana, you're stuck on four mana. I mean, I guess otherwise yeah, you can literally can alt it in two turns. Yeah. I don't, me personally, I don't think I'd ever pay life for it. 
No, no, you always, unless you absolutely can't, you always pay the mana. I mean, in standard, you might pay the life to rush it on turn four and lock down a creature, but... Right, yeah. Yeah, in commander or something, like, you're always going to just pay it for five. Uh, Very, pretty nice effects here, from what I can see. Yeah, I like the Planeswalkers in this set. They're all really good. Yeah, and that's a nice alt, too. Like, the blue likes spell reduction, and blue also likes drawing cards. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, why not both? <laughs> yep. And you got green, so you get the mana ramp. So, that's yep, why exactly. I think you'll always pay five, too, because, like, green oh, is yeah. mana ramp. <laughs> if, you're, if you're playing in green, you're probably going to have enough mana in most cases, unless you're, like, really screwed or something. Uh, next up, we have Ishin, two heavens as one. Uh, it costs red, white, black for a 3-4 legendary human samurai creature that has, if a creature attacking causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So, more triggers! Yeah, double your attack triggers. So, uh, let me attack with Sun Titan and get that ability twice. Yeah, that's really nice. <sighs> yeah. Or Grave Titan. Or Grave All Titan. the Titans. The Sundering <laughs> Titan, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, those, that's awesome. Uh, one that uh, I saw in the Command Zone combo, too, is the, the the hero guy you play, the hero of Bladehold. Right, yeah. You attack oh, with him, it's going to trigger Battlecry twice and his ability to make tokens twice. Yeah, that's just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so that seems like a really fun deck. Attack triggers double. Yeah, this this card is just re- just asking to be abused. Yeah, I mean a tolly, you get a tolly twice. It's the one where you swing and you can play shuffle people tell people's decks for free. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I feel like this card can be played in many many things. So um, yeah, we'll probably be seeing this. Yeah, that's a good card. Um, next, we got Hinata the Dawn Crowned, which is one blue, red, white, legendary creature, Kieran Spirit, 4-4, with flying and trample. That says spells you cast cost one less to cast for each target. Spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast for each target. So people are talking about this about the, as the best, one of the best commander cards in the set, possibly CDH level, because like there's cards that, you know, target like you know every player or something so it's like right. target Each four things so then right. that costs like six mana and it's like okay so you know you target yourself even and everyone takes you know f- two four damage or something and then it only costs two and then you get a four four and draw two cards yep like so it's really good on those or like the like comet storm with the multi-kick you can add extra targets yeah. the multi-kick is basically free then so you can just add infinite targets <laughs> Yeah, you're making the multi-kick actually good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the fact that it just makes your opponent's stuff cost one more is nice. I mean, and then if it's something that hits multiple targets, it's going to cost more it than costs one. way more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this seems very good, especially in Commander, for sure. Yeah, and it's just guy colors, so you got blue, red, and white. It's yep. good stuff. America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, next up, we got another uh, multicolored saga. It's called the Kami War. It is one and all five of the colors, so six total. Um, first step is exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls. 
Second step is return up to one other target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then each opponent discards a card. And then uh, it, step three is it transforms into Oka... Oh, God. Okagachi Made Manifest, which is a 6-6 six, six enchantment dragon spirit creature. Hey, it's a dragon. Uh, Okachi Made Manifest is all colors. It has flying and trample. And then whenever Okachi Made Manifest attacks, defending player chooses a non-land card in your graveyard. Return that card to your hand. Okagachi Made Manifest gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the mana value of that card. Yeah, so exile something, bounce something, make your opponent's discard. And then swing, and you're going to get a bunch of stuff back and buff this guy, and he's a dragon. Yeah, and in a dragon deck, all your stuff's going to cost a lot, so he's going to get big. Yeah, this is, this is a really good card in a dragon deck. And, like, mm-hmm. worst case, you pay six mana to exile something, and they blow it up right away, but, like, you still exiled something. So. Yeah, um, this this is pretty good. So uh, what do you think about multicolored? What's your what's the best card? Um God, that the the two heavens is one is just so good. Um that's gonna be abused as hell. The Tamio is really good, I think. What else was there? Yeah, the Setura Umazawa, super good. Yeah. The ninjutsu guy. Oh yeah, him. Right, right, right. And then the other, Freaking, yeah. the silent spider, that card's disgusting. The other planeswalker is good. Honestly, all these cards, almost all these cards are good except for the Boros ones. Yeah, the Boros is kind of mad. <laughs> like the Boros ones are the mad cards. Yeah. Yeah, everything else is pretty damn good, though. I really want that Kami the War. Yeah, that, 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 that just has your, your name written all over and it for your dragon. I, I really want Tamio, too, because I like Tamio. Yeah, and that Tamio is very good. I think I own every Tamio, so I might as well get the Tamio has just been a solid Planeswalker all around. It's like the next Jace, basically. Right. All right, next up, we're on to Artifacts. Uh, first one is Eater of Virtue. It costs one mana for a legendary artifact equipment. Whenever equipped creature dies, exile it. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. As long as a card exiled with Eater of Virtue has flying, equipped creature has flying. The same is true for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Protection, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance, and it has equip cost of one. This seems like a very good card if you have like a lot of keywords in your deck. Yeah, I think this is a, a staple in the keyword counter deck that I have, Cathrol. Yeah, the mutate deck. Yeah, this this, this well the Cathrol likes this. Well, mutate too, but the Cathrol one where like you for every keyword oh, your graveyard yeah. it make a big dude. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot so then that. like then like you equip it to this and it dies and it's like okay, well now I have things with a bunch of keywords. Now I'm going to get a bunch of keywords on everything I equip with this for one mana. Right. Yeah. This <laughs> that's a good and it costs like one and one to equip. Like that's yeah. So like cheap. so, worst case, it's one for one and one to equip. So two mana for plus two plus zero. Right. Even if it's good, not, not getting bad. anything. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not bad. It just that's that's like what Nodachi was basically. That cost. Yeah. Two, it's super good. 
in limited, this is going to be busted too because you're just going to put any creature with any ability in your yeah, deck. Yeah, but this is but, a bomb in limited. Holy crap, you're going to trample people with this. Uh, let's see. I'm next, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, next up, we have uh, Mech Titan Core. Uh, it costs two for a 2 4 ve- uh, artifact vehicle. Uh, it has pay five, exile, uh, exile Mech Titan Core, and four other artifact creatures and or vehicles you control. Create uh, Mech Titan. A legendary 10-10 construct artifact creature token with flying, vigilance, trample, lifelink, and haste. That's all colors. When that token uh, leaves the battlefield, return all cards exiled with Mech Titan Core except Mech Titan Core to the battlefield tapped under their owner's control. It has crew too. Holy crap, that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so basically you're going to play this, then you're going to exile it in four of the things to make a 10-10 with Flying Vigilance, Trample, Lifelink, Haste. And then when that dies, you get all of the things you exile with it back except for this card. This is like literally Voltron. Like, Yeah, <laughs> it's super good. It's like, come together into my giant Megatron. Or whatever. Yeah, with or, our uh, powers combined, yeah, we create... Power- the Power Rangers Zords. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah it's literally... Oh, God, I love the flavor. It's like every, like, cartoons in the 90s ever, basically. Uh, this, this card's great. And it only costs two. It doesn't even cost that much. Yeah, it does cost five and four artifacts to activate its ability, but in an artifact deck, you're going to have that. So you're, Yeah, easy. Uh, next up is Mirror Box. Three mana for an artifact. The legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. Each legendary creature you control gets plus one plus one. Each non-token creature you control gets plus one plus one for each other creature you control with the same name as that creature. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this is really good in not commander formats yeah, where you can play four ofs, four ofs of the same thing. Yes, and I then, would love to play four ofs of Elish Norn. <laughs> yeah, just like when you have them all out and they're all getting plus three or plus four, plus four. Yeah. And oh my so. god. <laughs> and all their shit gets like minus six, minus six. <laughs> yeah, if Elish Norn. But yeah, for That's any cool. any legendary thing you have four of out, you're gonna get plus four, plus four though. Right. This, yeah, this. Oh god, this, this is silly. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like another mirror gallery type effect, but it also buffs legendary stuff. You could also play this in Commander if you just didn't want the legend rule. Um, so, like, if you just wanted to be able to copy your Commander a bunch of times, you could do that. Yeah, I mean, I, there are some decks that definitely um, that definitely benefit from that, so I could see that being played in cert- certain ones for sure. Uh, next up, we have Reckoner Bankbuster. Uh, it costs two for a 4-4 uh, artifact vehicle that has Reckoner Bankbuster enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it. Uh, and then it also has pay two and tap it. Remove a charge counter from Reckoner Bankbuster. Draw a card. Then, if there are no charge counters on Reckoner Bankbuster, create a treasure token and a 1-1 colorless pilot creature token with... This creature crews vehicles as though its power were two greater. And then it has crew three. Yeah, so if you have a vehicles deck, you can make one ones that crew for three, or you can buff them and they crew for two more than what you buff them to. 
Yeah, it's definitely not bad. Um, so then you can do better stuff with one ones, basically. Yep, <laughs> it's definitely a decent vehicle. I don't know how good it is outside of the vehicle deck, but right, yeah. I mean, I guess it makes like if you do it once, you draw a card and make. Oh, when there are no counters on it, so you got to do it yeah. th- a bunch of times just to you be able to, to get it the twice that before you it. can get it. Okay. Next up, we have another vehicle: the Surge Charge Surge Hacker Mech, four mana for a five-five artifact vehicle with menace. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to twice the number of vehicles you control to target creature or planeswalker an opponent controls, and it has crew four. So again, uh, if you have a vehicle deck, that's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, eh, it's four, 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 five, so, five with menace. What do you think about these like five artifacts we got here? Uh, the core and the sword are pretty awesome. I yeah, the say. other ones are just mad to me, the but the sword and the core are sweet. The mirror box is kind of whatever, and then the vehicles are. If you have a vehicle deck, sure, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really like this sword. This sword is really, really cool. Um, and then I do like this core. This core is just, that can just be so fun and like an artifact deck. Yeah. I mean, plus if you populate it, you get another tent tent. Exactly. Why not? Why not have two? <laughs> uh, next up we have the lands for, uh, this set. Um, so first one is Ijanjo seat of the empire, which is a white legendary land. It has tap to add white. It has channel. Pay two white. Discard Ejondro's Seat of the Empire. It deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. Yeah, so this seems awesome. I mean, it's you if you're playing this a commander, it's two mana deal four damage. Try to tell you're blocking creature. And that's, you know, best case, if you draw late game, you could use it as like a spell like that by discarding it. Or early game, it's a, it's a planes. Exactly. I mean, it's a planes and it doesn't come into play tapped or anything like that. So that's also nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice ability. Like if you're playing a white deck, why not play this? Exactly. May as well. Uh, let's see. Now on the blue one, it's uh, Atala Soaring City. Uh, taps for blue. It's legendary land. And a channel for three in a blue. Discard it. Return target artifact, creature, enchantment, or planeswalker to its owner's hand. This ability costs one less for each legendary creature you control. Yep, so you get to bring stuff back. No, you get to bounce. Oh, oh, sorry, yes. So bounce on land, pretty sweet. Yep, yeah, this is literally just a land. (laughs) All of these are going to be definitely put in your deck if you play this color. Yeah, these all seem so good. (laughs) Just the fact that you don't have to, that they're not slow, that they don't come into play tapped is so good. Yeah, and and then you have the option to play, to discard it for an effect, which basically is like a spell. Only, I don't even know if they can react to the channel. Like, it's like instant speed. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, they'd have to have like a stifle or something, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would probably have to be stifled because I think it's technically an ability. It's not a spell. Uh, next up, we have Takanuma Abandoned Mire, which is the black legendary land. So um, it can tap add for a black, or you can channel it for three black. You discard it, uh, mill three cards, then return a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. 
Seems good. So, yeah, million cards in black. That's always a good thing, especially in yep. reanimate. I'm just going to want like 10 of all these so I can put it in every deck. <laughs> Pretty much. Next up, we got the red one. Socorenza, Crucible of Defiance. Legendary land, taps for red. Three and a red channel. Discard it. Create two 1-1 one, one colorless spirit creature tokens. They gain haste until end of turn. Cost one less for each legendary creature you control. That's the worst one so far, in my opinion. Yeah, that one's okay. I wouldn't say it's great. So, let's see what the green one has for us. The green one is called Boze, Bojiju. Boseju. Sorry. Bozeju who endures, uh, which is the green legendary land. It uh, taps to add a green, and then you can channel it for one green and discard it. Uh, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land an opponent controls. That player may search their library for a land card with a basic land type, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. Yeah, so this is this is by far the best one. Yeah, this is like a green like path. Basically. It's basically one one green. And you can basically destroy artifacts of enchantment or non-basic land. So it's like a, it's like a, what's the nature's claim, but you can also hit a non-basic land if they have an annoying land. Right, like freaking like cradle, cradle or, something. or something. Yeah, like this is the one I think is going to be worth the worth the most. So if you're oh, going to spec sure. on one, this I'm like I'm guessing this might be around forty bucks because like this is a yeah. really good card. That is a it, it literally will cost one too, especially if it's in commander because you will always have at least your commander in play. Right. Uh so very good. Very and worst good case, card. the forest. <laughs> like <laughs> worst case is the forest. Like that's fine. So honestly, outside of the red one, these are all really good. I mean, I'd still play the red one in my red decks because why it's not? It's still fine. Like yeah. it's a it's a red card that late in the game it's better than drawing a land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do something with it. So, like, I think these are just staples in every deck now. Yep. There's no reason, really, no reason not to run them. I mean, unless you really, really need basics you? for your fetches. Yeah, let, but. yeah, unless yeah, you're hurting for fetches or something. Like, there's they they don't hurt you outside of the fact that they're not like uh, you don't have the land types in them like some of like the duels and things have but like they're not slow they still add your land if you need land and they also cast spells basically so it's pretty nice yeah i really love these lands this was a smart idea you got a new cycle yeah. of lands that everyone's gonna like yeah these are definitely gonna be uh, definitely gonna be used for sure all right so uh, i think we're just gonna power on through and do the commander cards now guys all righty so extra long <laughs> yeah extra long episode today so now we're doing <laughs> we're the commander set cards two hours, we may as well go for another one <laughs> <laughs> we're doing aerial surveyor uh it's two and a white for a three four artifact vehicle with flying whenever it attacks a defending player controls more lanes than you search a library for a planes put it on the battlefield tapped and it Cost two to crew it. So this is white land fetch. This is like, you know, a standard in every deck now, right? That plays mono white. I'd say so. Commander, definitely. For sure. Uh, next up, we have Drum Bellower. It is two and a white for a 2-1 uh, spirit creature with flying. Untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. That's that really seems good. Seems really good. <laughs> Especially for white. Yeah, very good for white. Um yeah, that's like a seedborn muse basically. 
Yep. That cost three. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's crazy good. Uh, next up, we got Iron Soul Enforcer. Four and a white for a 4 4 artifact creature human samurai. Whenever Iron Soul Enforcer or a commander you control attacks alone, return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So another kind of exalted card here, it looks like. Yep, bring back the uh, artifacts. Yep, very good. Um, next up, we have Organic Extinction. It's eight white white for a sorcery uh, that has the keyword improvise. Your artifacts can help cast a spell. Each artifact you tap after you've done after you're done deactivating mana abilities pays for one. Destroy all non-artifact creatures. Yeah, so Organic Extinction seems like a good card. Destroy all non-artifact creatures, um, and you can use artifacts to cast it. Yeah, always good, and especially in some kind of affinity deck like that. Yeah, seems awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, next, we got a Miosian. This looks like they brought back Miosians. Remember the old Miosians? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, so Miosian of the Blooming Dawn is the white one here. Uh, it's five and three whites, white, white, white. So eight mana total for a legendary creature spirit, four, six. It enters the battlefield with an indestructible counter on it. If you cast it from your hand, remove an indestructible counter from it. Create a one, one spirit creature token for each permanent you control. Okay. So this is ultimate white. <laughs> yeah. You so this is flood your board, flood my board, double, I'll make like if I have a bunch of lands and their stuff, it's, Oh, and I get a one, one for every single thing now. Yeah. This uh, this is pretty good for white. White likes you know any, any kind of like token deck will love this hundred percent. Uh, I love this like full art one too. That one looks or well, I guess it's like I don't know, yeah, the alt art, alt art, yeah, the alt yeah. Art, the, the borderless. Art. I think it's borderless, right? Yeah, borderless. Art. Yeah, borderless. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, next up, we have release to memory. Uh, it is three white for an instant. Exile target opponent's graveyard. For each creature card exiled this way, create a 1-1 colorless spirit creature token. So more more cards that uh, hose my graveyard decks that I don't like. <laughs> more graveyard hate for Corey. <laughs> more graveyard hate that I don't want to exist. Uh, but it's good because it's in white and you also get spirit tokens for every creature you get rid of. Yep, so you also get a board most likely. That's nice. Yeah, ne- uh, next up, we got Swift Recon- Reconfiguration. It costs one white for enchantment aura with flash that enchants a creature or a vehicle. Enchanted permanent is a vehicle artifact with crew five and loses all other card types. Hmm. So basically, you're going to want to... Uh, Put this on an opponent's creature, probably. Exactly, like their commander or something. And now it's just a crew five thing. <laughs> it's like, haha, deal with it. <laughs> it looks like it still has abilities, though, right? Yeah, so it's just a, with loses all of their card types. Yeah, so it's just not a oh, creature in this Types. Crew. Okay. Yeah, so, so you still have your abilities, you just aren't a creature. So you probably play it on like their biggest thing. Like if they have a 10 10, yeah. like, okay, your 10 10 isn't shit unless you crew five it. <laughs> exactly. So you gotta make, make them. Make him tap stuff to attack with it. Yep. Uh, next, next up, 
Oh, you got the next one. That's right. Uh, yeah, I got the next one. Next up, we have Yoshimaru Ever Faithful. It is one white for a 1-1 one, one legendary creature dog. <laughs> Whenever another legendary permanent enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Yoshimaru Ever Faithful, and it has partner. Yeah, so you can have him as a second partner to anybody because he's a dog. He's, the yep. dog. he's a partner of somebody. Um, but guess what? you got a dog commander now. Hey, I think there was one other one that was cats and there was cats (laughs) and dogs before, I think, but like one that was both cat dog. Okay. But now there's just the dog one. Um, It's good because if you play other legendary permits, it gets plus one plus one. Yeah, I feel like this could in in the right deck could get pretty big. So what do you think overall of the white commander cards? Um, I mean, the Mugen, of course, is very good as expected. Um, Release of memory is pretty good. Uh, yeah. I like that organic extinction. I mean, it does cost a lot, but with artifacts, you're just going to tap it all your artifacts. It costs two, so yeah. Yeah, two and tap a bunch of artifacts, and you're going to kill everything that's not an artifact. So, Yeah, very good for an artifact deck. Uh, yeah, definitely some nice cards here. Right on to uh, blue. Right. On to blue commander cards. The first one up is Excess Denied. <laughs> access denied. Uh, three blue blue instant for counter target spell. Create X one one colorless thopter artifact creature tokens with flying, or X is that spell man spells mana value. So the, I love the title of it, but I don't. And the artwork's cool, but like okay, it's a counter spell. Ooh. Yeah, and it has like the same amount as force. <laughs> but you do get a like, bunch of tokens out of it. But you could you could get an army out of it, but it's just like it's expensive. Yeah. There's better counter spells for sure. Um, next up, we got Cyber Drive Awakener. Uh, it is five and a blue for a 4 4 artifact construct creature with flying. Other artifact creatures you control have flying. When Cyber Drive Awakener enters the battlefield until end of turn, each non artifact, or sorry, each non creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness of 4 4. So this is like, this is this makes your whole deck just destroy somebody. So this is like take your artifacts and overrun them into four four flyers for a round. Yeah, seems good. Seems pretty good in an artifact deck. Yeah, which this is in. I'm assuming this is in the precon because the two precons are the artifact deck and the or the vehicles deck and the like the vehicles artifacts and then I can't remember what the mm. other one is, but. This definitely makes sense in a deck like that because, yeah, especially if you have like a bunch of like just thopters that are all shitty and whatever. So, okay, well, now they're four fours. Deal with it. <laughs> Next up, we got Imposter Mech. It's one and a blue for a 3 1 artifact vehicle. You may have Imposter Mech enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature and opponent controls, except it's a vehicle with crew three and loses other card types. So you can copy an opponent's creature, but it becomes a vehicle. So, I mean, you probably do this for the effect, most likely, of a yeah. creature. I mean, it doesn't really cost two mana to copy something. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, yeah, if it's a, you know, a good creature like, uh, you know, Platinum Angel, <laughs> can't lose the game or something like that. Like, sure, why not? Right. Um, next up, we got Kappa Cat... Ugh. Kappa Cannoneer. 
Uh, it costs five and a blue for a four-four artifact creature, Turtle Warrior. Uh, it has improvise, so you can basically make it cost only one if you have five artifacts. Uh, it has Ward Four. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Kappa Cannoneer, and it can't be blocked this turn. That seems good. Yeah, especially if you have the artifacts to back the improvised cost. That's a pretty darn good card, I feel. And, and it like, protect itself. The picture, it's like a turtle with a giant cannon on its back. <laughs> yeah, I like the art. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, next up we got Katsumasa, the animator. Two blue-blue for a 3-3 legendary creature Moonfolk Artificer with flying. And has paid two and a blue until end of turn. Target non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature and gains flying. If it's not a vehicle, its base power and toughness becomes 1-1 one, one dawn of turn. The beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to three target non-creature artifacts. So you can buff your... So in the vehicles deck, you can buff your vehicles when they're not creatures, then make them creatures for three mana instead of crewing them. Seems pretty good. <clears throat> nice way to get around the cost for sure. Yeah, it's an okay card. Yeah, it, it, it's situational and it can be good depending on it. Uh, next up, we have a blue Myojin. This is the Myojin of Cryptic Dreams. It costs five blue, blue, blue for a 3 3 legendary spirit creature token. Or, sorry, legendary spirit creature. Uh, Musion of Cryptic Dreams enters the battlefield with an indestructible counter on it if you cast it from your hand. Remove the indestructible counter from Musion of Cryptic Dreams. Copy target permanent spell and control three times. Or, sorry. Copy target permanent spell you control three times. Yep. The copies become tokens. Yeah, so basically you'd play something on the stack that's a permanent, then remove the counter and you get four of them. Yep. So, so I play doubling season. Now I have four doubling seasons. All of the doubling seasons. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you have to cast these from your hand is like, okay, I'm going to pay eight mana for this. Yeah. I mean, it, for a three, three indestructible. Like, I mean, unless like, you, unless you have like Joda or something, just pay five. Right. I mean, that's how the old ones were too. They, they cost a shit ton. Granted, the old ones had like six, six as their power and toughness though. And they were broken. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we got uh, Research Thief. Four and a blue for a 3-3 three, three flash flying artifact creature Moonfolk Wizard. And whenever an artifact you control, just common damage to player, draw a card. It's pretty good. Draw whenever yeah. you deal damage. That seems pretty nice. And it has uh, flash and flying. So, if, I mean, you can throw it in at, on your, like, combat. Draw some cards. Uh, next up, we have Universal Surveillance. Uh, it's X blue, blue, blue for a sorcery with Improvise. Draw X cards. So you can draw a butt ton of cards for only three mana if you got the artifacts for it. Yeah, that's, that's good true. good to me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about these blue commander cards? Uh, blue seemed a little weak in some cases. I feel like the... The Miosian's good. The Miosian's pretty good. And the and, and the universal surveillance is good. The surveillance is good. Outside of that, though, it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah, underwhelming. I'm weak. sure these are all in the art the artifact deck, so they make some better. 
Yeah, exactly. All right, on to the black cards here. Uh, we got Miosian of Grim Betrayal. Five black, black, black for a 5-2 legendary creature spirit. Enters the battlefield with an indestructible counter. And if you cast it from your hand, remove the indestructible counter. Put onto the battlefield or your control all creature cards in all graveyards that were put there from anywhere this turn. Okay, so that's a very good card. <laughs> so that's, yeah, board wipe, and then, board oh, this doesn't die, so let me activate this and get all the cards I just killed. Yeah, seems good to me. That seems like a black wind con if I've ever seen one in my life. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Ruthless Technomancer. Uh, it costs three and black for a 2-4 human wizard creature. When Ruthless Technomancer enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another creature you control. If you do, create a number of treasure tokens equal to that creature's power. It also has pay two and a black. Sacrifice X artifacts. Return target creature card with power X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. X can't be zero. That's good. Definitely good. Um, So, yeah, only two black cards. Uh, obviously, the black is the color that is not in the commander decks. Yeah. Because um, the commander decks are blue, white, and green, red. Um, so these cards you actually get in the set. You can only get in the set booster packs. Okay. That um, makes sense. Yeah. So anything that's not in the two commander decks that we talk about in this commander cards, mm-hmm. you can only get in the set boosters. Right. Um, so, both but, are very good. In my yeah. Opinion. Both those black cards are very good. All right, on to red here. We got a Kiki Battle Squad, five and a red for a 6-6 six, six Goblin Samurai. Whenever one or more modified creatures you control attack, untap all modified creatures you control. After this combat, there's an additional combat phase. This ability triggers once each turn. Uh, yeah, and once is plenty. <laughs> yeah, it seems good. I mean, it sucks it costs six, but it's still good. It does cost a lot, but it's still six combat. for a 6-6. Six, six. So I take it that the uh, red-green deck is about modified creatures. That's what it looks like to me. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have Collision of Realms. Uh, It costs six and a red for a sorcery. Each player player shuffles all creatures they own into their library. Each player who shuffled a non-token creature into their library this way reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. Then puts that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of the library in a random order. So, um, this is like gambling for something better on the field. <laughs> yeah, I never really was a huge fan of those cards, but if you want to play a chaos deck, there you go. Yeah, this is this is chaos written all over it for sure. Next up, we got the Kami of Celebration, four and red for a three three spirit. Whenever a modified creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Whenever you cast a spell from exile, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Okay, so this card, even if you forget about the top part, you could put in the Prosper deck from the D&D set and use the bottom part where you're casting stuff from exile and put one counters on stuff. Right. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have uh, Komenu Battle Armor. Uh, it costs two and a red for a 2-2 artifact creature equipment dog that has menace. 
And then equipped creatures get plus two, plus two, and have menace. Uh, when Komanu, battle armor, or equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, go to each creature that player controls. I can't. What does that mean again? You force them to attack. Okay. And then they reconfigure a four. Yeah, it's force uh, them to attack someone, not you, I think is what it is. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. I'm not, it's not like uh, Provoker, you know, one of those other ones. Right. So it started out looking like it was going to be real good, and then it said goad, and I hate almost every card that has the word goad on it, so I'm just like, nope, next card. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next card is Miosion of Roaring Blades. Five red, 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 so eight mana for a seven, four. Enters the indestructible counter on it if you cast it from your hand. Remove the counter, deal seven damage to each of up to three targets. That's 21 damage. That's good. That's a lot of damage. That's a good meal. I mean, you can literally one-shot somebody in um, regular ma- um, regular magic format. Well, I think it has to be three different targets. Seven it damage to up to three up targets. To three to- okay. Yeah, so you have to target three different things if you do three targets. Oh, okay. So you can't just one-shot somebody. <laughs> right, but you can still, you know, kill three problematic things, deal seven. In Commander, you can deal seven to all your opponents. Yeah, yeah in Commander, you can do a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, we have Smoke Spirit's Aid. Uh, it is X red for a sorcery. For each of up to X target creatures, create a red aura enchantment token named Smoke Blessing attached to that creature. Those tokens have enchant creature, and when enchanted creature dies, it deals one damage to its controller, and you create a treasure token. So you target a bunch of creatures, you put auras on them. When they die, the the person who owned that creature dies, and you create a treasure token, or takes damage, and you create a treasure token. Yep. So you just get a you basically get all your land back that you paid to cast this, pretty much eventually. It's not bad. No, it's kind of slow, but it's not bad. Slow, but okay. Next up, we got Unquenchable Fury. Two and a red for an enchantment aura. Enchant a creature. Enchant a creature has whenever this creature attacks, deals X damage to a defending player, where X is the number of cards in their hand. When Unquenchable Fury is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. Oh. Okay, okay. So this is like the red version of Rancor. It really is. <laughs> I like this enchantment. This is a good enchantment. Yeah, this this yeah. If you have a big hand, this can be a very very yeah, it's good anti blue decks. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah. So, what do you think about the red cards? I mean, obviously the Miosian's good. Miosian's good. Unquenchable Fury is pretty good too. Um, the other ones are fine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the taking extra attack phase is good if you build around that. Yeah. All right, on to green. Green, all right. So first off, we have Ascendant Acolyte. Uh, it costs four and a green for a 1-1 one, one human monk creature. Ascendant Acolyte enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each plus one, plus one counter among other creatures you control. Oh, God. At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of plus one, plus one counters on Ascendant Acolyte. Holy God, this thing can be huge. <laughs> yeah, so if you have... Let's say let's say you have two two teams out, right? Like you have two one ones with with the one one counter on it. This comes in as a three three, and then it's gonna double the counters every turn. But say you have a whole board of 
one ones that are two twos that all have a one one counter on it. So you come in with a boatload of counters. It comes in a play with like twenty plus one plus one counters, <laughs> and then it doubles. It's like, oh my! Like this, they they have to like you know they have to deal with it. Or it just gets out they, of hand. they just die. They just die so fast. The only downside does it goes five, but and like you have to have a big board for this to even be good, but. Right, but it's like a win more card. It's a win more card, but it's it's crazy. a win more card. It really is. Like you're you're already winning when you play this. Let's be real, but it's fun. <laughs> Next up, we got Concord with the Kavi three and a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, choose one or more. Put a one one counter to a creature with a counter on it. Draw a card if you control an enchanted creature. Create a 1-1 one, one colorless spirit creature token if you control an equipped creature. Okay, so this does nothing if you just have a creature. But if you have any modified creature, you could do something. Yeah. Interesting. I like the draw card for enchanted creature. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Otherwise, it's not good. Yeah. And it costs four, too. Yeah. I mean, it sure it's good in this pre-con deck. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next up we have Go Shintai of Life's Origin. Uh, it costs three and a green for a three-four legendary enchantment creature. That's a shrine. Oh boy. Um. So tap all five color, one of each of the five colors, and tap it. Return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Whenever Go Shintai of Life's Origin or another non-token shrine enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 colorless shrine enchantment creature token. Yeah, so we have a shrine commander. Now, this is not in the deck. This you can only get in the set boosters. Um, But we have a a better shrine commander if people want to play the shrine deck. And there is uncommon shrines in this set um, that are also creatures. So they're creature shrines in the set. Interesting. Oh, yeah. There's one of each color. So there's actually, you know, what, 50? So there was 11. I think there's like 18 shrines now or something or 20. So it's so it's doable to do a deck yeah. now, yeah. Um, but even if, you, even if you don't play shrines with it, it's still a really good five-color enchantment. Yeah, it really commander. is. So I really want this card just because I want to build the shrine deck. Yeah, I know you've always wanted to get make shrines work. <laughs> All right, next up we got Kosi, the Pentient Warlord. It's one a green green. So one green green. So three mana for a legendary creature ogre samurai that is a zero five. But as long as it is enchanted, equipped, and has a counter on it, it gains whenever it deals combat damage to your opponent. You draw that many cards. And then it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Okay, so this is really good for Commander. <laughs> yeah, this is really good for Voltroni. If you can get it enchanted, yep. equipped, and a plus one, plus one counter on it, so it needs three things for this to work. You're gonna so say you have all that stuff, and the enchantment's one one, the equipment's one one. That's at minimum, it's like a three seven or three eight right. swinging for three damage to everybody, and you're drawing three cards. <sighs> It's not bad. I mean, it's it, it only does cost three. So yeah, I think this is if you build doable. it on this, this could be good. It's doable for sure. If you have the like, you know, some good enchantments too, like it could get powerful. 
Yeah, it's definitely a lot of hoops to jump through to get the effect on, but once you do, you're going to pretty much just draw your deck and kill everybody. You're you're pretty set. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have uh, the green Miosian, which is Miosian of Towering Might. Uh, it costs five green, green, green for an 8-8 eight, eight legendary spirit creature. Miosian of Towering Might enters the battlefield with an indestructible counter on it if you play from your hand, and then you remove that indestructible counter from it. Distribute 8 plus 1 plus 1 counters among any number of target creatures you control that gain trample until end of turn. That is pretty good. It's pretty good, but I almost rather just have the 8 8 indestructible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 8 8 indestructible is also nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Uh, next up, we got one with the Kami, three and a green for an enchantment aura of a flash that enchants a creature you control. Whatever enchanted creature. Or another modified creature you control dies. Create X one one colorless spirit creature tokens where X is that creature's power. That's, That's all right. Not bad. Yeah, it's okay. It's like uh, it's like a less good e witness. <laughs> yeah, it just it just makes tokens when your stuff dies. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Rampant Rejuvenator. Uh, it costs three and green for a zero-zero plant hydra creature. Um, Rampant Rejuvenator enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. When Rampant Rejuvenator dies, search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is Rampant Rejuvenator's power. Put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle. So you would just basically pump the shit out of this and let it die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, worst case, it's a 2-2, two, two, and it dies, you get two lands. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, I like that's a solid Hydra card. Definitely solid. I mean, it, it's basically the cost of, ex, of uh, what is it, explosive vegetation. I'm pretty sure that costs four. It does yep. the same thing. Yep. So yeah, that's not bad. All right, next up, we got Silk Guard, X and a green for put a 1-1 one, one counter on each of up to X creatures you control. Auras, equipment, and modified creatures you control gain hexproof until end of turn. Well, that's good. That is pretty good. <laughs> so it's like Thrive, where you put, well, won't put it at instant speed, but won't encounters on stuff. But then it also gives hexproof to anything you have buffed. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice. So especially especially to- since like if you pay, you know, one or whatever or ever much X you. Give all your stuff one one counters. They now all have hexproof because you just gave them all one one counters. Exactly. So, uh, next up we have Tanuki Transplanter. Uh, it costs three and a green for a two four artifact creature equipment dog. Whenever Tanuki Transplanter or equipped creature attacks, add an amount of green equal to its power, and so forests. Um, until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. And it has reconfigured three. So this, I think, is really good if it didn't cost so much to equip it. Exactly. Um, just because, like, you're paying basically seven mana, and then you're swinging with a big thing, and you can get, like, a seven greens. But, like, in, in like, a you know, say a dragon deck where you have five colors, just green mana isn't going to help you that much. No, it's really not. But in mono green, there's probably so much ramp anyways, you might not even need this. Yeah, there's there's probably better options, honestly, sadly. It's cool, though. Like, I wish it's the cool reconfigure part. was, like, one mana, then I would definitely play it. 
Yeah, the reconfigure makes it kind of unplayable, unfortunately. I mean, but I guess four for a two four that wanted attacks give you two mana. Isn't that bad? No, that's decent. So, what do you think about the green cards? Uh, I think the green cards are pretty good for the most part. The shrine card is awesome. The shrine card is really, really good. The Miosian is pretty damn good. And that silk guard is really good, too. Mm-hmm. All right, next up we got the uh, multicolor cards. There's only a couple. Uh, first, I believe this is the commander of the deck for uh, the vehicle's deck. It's uh, one blue and a white for a 2-4 legendary creature Moonfolk pilot. Vehicles you control have crew, too. Being of combat on your turn, target artifact creatures you control against lifelink and vigilance until end of turn. So that's pretty good for uh, for vehicles, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then the lifelink and vigilance is also really nice too. Right, and it makes all your vehicles only have crew two, so that if they yeah. have a high crew, you only have to crew two. Exactly. That's that's pretty good. Uh, next up, we have uh, sh- oh, God was it Shori Shorikai Genesis Genesis Engine. Uh, it is it costs two white blue for an eight eight legendary artifact. That's a vehicle. Um, you uh, can pay one and tap it to draw two cards, then discard a card. Create a one one colorless pilot creature token with. This creature crews vehicles as though its power were two or greater. Or sorry, were two greater, and it has crew eight. So if you can get if you can get this thing going, uh, this can deal some damage. Yeah, and then they did tack on the text that could be your commander. Um, oh yeah, sorry. It can also I think that's. I don't know. There must be some weird rule where vehicles technically couldn't be here before. I don't know because it's technically not a creature. I guess. May, yeah, because yeah, it's technically an artifact. Yeah, because it, it doesn't say creature in the type. That's why I think. Yeah. But so this is a giant 8-8 that you can make tokens with that you know keep crewing. So you make a couple tokens and you can crew this up. Right. And it only costs four. Like that's a very low cost. I think this would be what you'd want to play in the main deck, though, because just being able to crew this for two for an 8-8. <laughs> Exactly. Like, just, oh, I have my commander out, and then for four mana, I have an 8-8. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, uh, next, I believe, is the commander of the modified deck. Um, it's Shisuo the Shattered Blade. Two red and a green for a 4-4 legendary creature, Snake Samurai. The artwork is awesome, Snake with that flaming sword. It really sword. is. Uh, whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 red spirit creature token with menace. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each modified creature you control. Uh, that's pretty good. That's a good card. Yeah, so you play aura equipments, you're getting two twos with menace, and then yeah. anything that is modified, you get one one counters on. So basically you just need to stack your deck with auras and equipment, and then it's providing the one one counters. Exactly. Those one one cards are great. And the two twos of madness, that's just that's just icing. <laughs> that's uh that's pretty nice. Uh and finally we have Kaima or Ka- Kaima, the fractured calm. Uh it costs two red green for a three three legendary creature that's a spirit. At the beginning of your end step, goad each creature your opponents control that's enchanted by an aura you control. 
Put a plus one, plus one counter on Kaima, the Fracture Calm, for each creature goaded this way. Okay. Sure. Again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like goaded. So yeah. Um, I don't know. So what do you think of these two commanders? I mean, obviously, we don't really care about the Kimia. Uh, would you pick up any of these decks, the red-green one or the... The red white green one? one seems really fun, honestly. Like the modified deck. I kind of like that. Yeah, if I was going to pick one up, that would be the one I would lean towards. The blue white one, I mean, vehicles, if you, I've never played with a ton of vehicles, so it could be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I do, I technically have one in my Brago deck because it deals damage as an ETB, which is like the only reason I have it in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but outside of that, yeah, I, I never actually played them the way they're supposed to be played. <laughs> So um, it would be interesting to see how, you know, that mechanic could work and everything. But I am definitely, I mean, I'm a green, more of a green player anyways. So I feel like the, the Shasiro deck would be more my thing. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging around for this long podcast episode. We covered every rare mythic from the new Kamigawa set. Me and James are playing in the pre-release this weekend. Hopefully we play pretty well. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, listening, and uh, please support us by uh, sharing our podcast to other people, following us on YouTube. Uh, we have a TCG affiliate link. We also have a Patreon. You can support us that way. We have a Discord. You can come uh, join that and hang out with us. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a good one. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all support. Um, we'll see you next time. <laughs>